1: Take the next
0: chance. And the next time. You're all rebels, on you? Save your rebellion! Save the dream! The Bizzle! You called the Jesse James. Jesse, a.k.a. The Bizzle. Oh, The Bizzle, thank you. <laughs> the Bizzle? Thank you, The Bizzle. Yeah. The Bizzle. All right, ladies and gentlemen of the BizzleCast, I'm not going to hold things up today. We are going to get right into it. I now have four-time contributor, co-contributor, Tim Jirasi, back on the podcast to talk amazing Star wars Tim, I have a promotion and a possible nickname for you, but before we get there, welcome <laughs> oh, wow. back to the BizzleCast.
1: Uh, thank you, man. man. Four times already. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yes. Well, You'll be interested to know that of podcasts that I've released in the last eight to twelve months, you have the third, eleventh, and thirteenth most li- most listened, which is pretty good. This that that's very hey, good. Number three.
1: Hey, when you said th- the third and the eleventh, I mean three eleven, man. I mean, that's perfect for oh, me. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and then thirteen is the combo, right? Lucky yeah. number thirteen. There oh, you that's go. Awesome. <laughs> So, Tim, we are going to talk Clone Wars, we're going to talk Ahsoka, we're going to talk Darth Maul, we're going to talk all that stuff. By the way, haven't seen Resistance yet, no spoilers, maybe we'll get your no-spoiler review later, I don't really care. It's nothing. I'm not interested in it, I just have so many other questions. Sure. Um, but, Tim, for all the haters out there, and Star Wars is dead, and It's Not My Star Wars, and Fire Kathleen Kennedy, I have, I ha- I have two l- quick little ditties, uh, if, you'll, if you'll indulge me, you ready?
1: <laughs> oh, terrible. The
0: first one's more of an FU, which is, I'm bad, I'm bad, you know it. I'm bad, <laughs> I'm bad, you know it. The second is, celebrate good times. Come on. We have so much to celebrate, man. (laughs) We have so much to celebrate. Oh, this is such a glorious time! I am thanking my stars. I got celebration tickets even more than ever. So I I listen. (laughs) I listen to your saga continues podcast, guys. The main crux of this podcast is going to be the Mandalorian officially named ten episode, one hundred million dollars. Oh my god, John Favreau series on live action television, which is going to be ridiculous. Uh, I talked to Tim a little beforehand, so he's going to give his general thoughts, which I hope are extensive, Tim, because I love the saga continues. I love Kyle. I'm thrilled that Kyle's coming on the podcast in a couple weeks. He was very nice and enthusiastic about it. But him and Paul can both be verbose in different ways, and I love listening to them. But there's times when it's like 20 minutes goes by, and, and I'm, I'm ready for some Tim, and then <laughs> you'll drop one line, and Paul and Kyle will just be like... Word man, (laughs) you know, like (laughs) you need that guy, but I still want to hear more from you. So I want to tease Ahsoka Clone Wars mall Tim, I have to say, I I I I make wrong predictions all the time. I I have to say this; it's got to be on record. Go back to my, no- guys, go back to my November 10th, 2017 podcast with Simi Klimo, my senior Star Wars contributor, but that was his very first podcast. I, first of all, not only predicted Siege of Mandalore, I predicted that Ahsoka was going to be a major part of everything going forward, past the Rebels. Siege of Mandalore would happen in either animated or live action form. I had no knowledge other than the Ahsoka book and the Dave Filoni panel in 2016, but I felt extremely sure. But Tim, I went back and listened to it. My friend, I predicted not only that there was going to be time travel in Star Wars, but that Ahsoka would be the one to experience it. I don't know what came over me, and I know there are still some people that want to resist the notion this is traditional time travel, and I am totally cool about that. I'm very curious to see where that's going in the future, and so after, when we get to the wrap-up, maybe we can talk a little bit of metaphysics of the Star Wars universe?
1: Sure, yeah, that's, that should be an interesting All one. right, so <laughs>
0: I was going to call you junior contributor of the BizzleCast, but that sounds a little demeaning. So if Simi's senior contributor, you can continue being co-contributor, just number one. But I figured if Simi is Hux, you're Phasma.
1: Ah, oh, okay. <laughs> You know, and how not only I love Phasma, did I know that so you'd I take like that, that the highest compliment, yes, yeah. <laughs> but it
0: kind of makes sense because Hux is supposedly in charge. A young buck doesn't really know what he's doing. Phasma's the one really taking care of business, putting her ass on the line. And my nickname for you is Phasmatron because I know you love Transformers. So I think you should. Well, yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't say I
1: love Transformers. I, I like it. Tim, I'm not like grew a grew hardcore We grew up in the thing. 80s in the same
0: year. Um, um and i want to ask you about the bumblebee trailer recently mm-hmm. i thought you were reading transformers comics was that
1: paul no yeah i think it was paul who said he's going to, to start jumping into him so like i'm reading like the teenage mutant ninja turtles comics the new power ranger comics that's like my classic childhood like show new comics that i'm really into but I transformers hasn't turtles. really dubbed into like other than the classic 80s tv show And, of course, some of the recent movies back in 2007. I could literally watch any
0: Ninja Turtles cartoon from any generation or any movie as bad as it is and totally enjoy it. I mean,
1: there's no question. I'm pretty much the same way. (laughs) I love that franchise to death. They just started a new TV show right now, Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which is definitely different and skewed more towards the younger viewers, which is cool. But, man, the show that came out before that in 2012, that's like – the definitive Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles series for me, it was amazing. <laughs> like It combined perfectly uh-huh. action, drama, humor, cool animations. It, like, it was like the complete package. I love that series so much. So a couple
0: more fun facts of the Abyssal cast, then we're going to dive right into The Mandalorian. So what's interesting is in between your highly rated podcast, Paul... It was at number one. He finally fell to Simi. At our super epic return of the Jedi podcast, or the Rogue One toppled for Paul, but he was at like the top <laughs> for a while. Um, and people are loving my Rebels commentaries. They're loving my Jessica Jones commentaries. But you know what I realized doing the Defenders commentaries? The four of them. They're the Ninja Turtles, and you can even give the Ninja hmm. Turtle personalities <laughs> to the four of them. But maybe if we have time at the end, we'll talk a little Netflix or whatever. Um, but let's just jump in here, man. I mean, Tim, we've been talking about this on the podcast. It was great they hired the Double D's from Game of Thrones. Resistance is cool. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm pumped for it. The Clone Wars coming back is amazing. But I was like, if Favreau realizes 80 to 90% of what I think is in his Star Wars obsessed brain, This is going to be amazing. And Tim, you know I do not love Boba Fett, but I love the Mandalorians Mm -hmm. after the Clone Wars. I mean, me and Simi are literally covering every single uh, uh, arc having to do with Satine and Maul and Mandalore and so forth. Like, I love that stuff. I love Sabine. I love what they did with Sabine. Like, even the so-so Mandalore episodes were great because of the character stuff. So, as a way of starting, a lot of the stuff we're hearing is completely unconfirmed. We know that it's 10 episodes, it's going to be a Disney streaming channel, a huge budget called the Mandalorian, I assume it's going to be Star Wars colon the Mandalorian. So let- I'm going to start off simple, I'll like blowing up the balloon, and then we'll expand outwards into theories and ideas. Does that sound okay? Sounds good to me. So first of all, what was your initial impression upon hearing the name? Did you hear the name first or the concept and the name sort of simultaneously? And what was your initial reaction?
1: Well, there have been rumors before it was like officially announced that this series was going to be, you know, about Mandalorians and Aunt Mandalore and all that. So, uh, it was like not really a huge surprise to see that it's going to be called The Mandalorian when Favreau first sent out that Instagram post. Mm-hmm. But I was surprised a little bit that it was more like on the singular yep. of it where it's not, it's going to focus on one Mandalorian specifically where kind of based off those rumors we were hearing, I thought, oh, but it's. There's going to be several Mandalorian characters. They're going to focus on on Mandalore. So the fact that it is going to be focused on one main character, and I'm sure there's going to be other Mando Mandalorian characters. Oh, we're getting to, going that, to that, buddy. We're getting with, them so. predictions.
0: Don't you worry.
1: <laughs> so yeah, I was not kind of like not surprised, but surprised it was just like focusing on just one singular Mandalorian. character. I think it's it safe to count. say
0: the Bizzle cast, the saga continues, uh, star Wars underworld, like people of our age, our generation, our fandom. I think we all assumed, especially given sort of the Iron Man Mandalorian connection with the jetpacks and John Favreau doing pre right? Like we're not betting men, but I would have put over 50% even before this, that this was what was going to happen.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah, totally. I mean, he's been, like, teasing all these little things to, like, that post of, or that Instagram picture he posted of Favreau himself with Dave Filoni at Skywalker Ranch, and, like, there's, like, you could think, oh, maybe, you know, they just bumped into each other while they're working on their project, but it's sure. like, nah, they've, they've worked together too much on Clone Wars, and I'm sure Dave gave the whole Mandalorian history and story for his character when he was playing uh, yeah. Pre Vizsla, so it's like, uh, there's more to it than that, so... <laughs>
0: celebrate good times come on my friend keep going exactly
1: yeah yeah. (laughs) keep
0: going so you heard about the news you did all the research there's casting uh, announcements galore this is why i wanted to give you predictions and have us rate it and have a discussion because there's so many rumors but i i think the more sure things are things that are sort of obvious about what characters would come on, but they're not talking about yet for obvious reasons as if that makes sense, as opposed to just like the early photos and rumors or whatever, but we'll, we will get to all of that, but let's back up a second. Forget the Mandalorians, but who, by the way, you know, fought the Jedi 3,000 years ago. They've worked that into canon, right? I mean, the important parts they've worked into canon. They learned how to fight the Jedi. They're the only major empire. I mean, it's like the Klingons versus Starfleet, right? I mean, they're the only major empire who challenged the Jedi, and they never recovered. They're like the English, right? The English, the sunset on the empire. The English can't get over the fact they lost their empire. But they do have many systems. They have tons of ships and power. They're still very powerful sort of mini empire let's forget all that let's forget boba fett jango fett uh I, tim
1: this takes place how many years after the original trilogy i believe if i remember right favreau said it kind of gave a weird timeline he goes seven years after the battle of yavin which would which be I,
0: right literally i believe
1: i, I think it's like three years after return of the jedi when was jekyll Richard? Because I believe Jakku was a year after Jedi, so it's probably two years after that.
0: I was hoping we'd see Jakku. And by the way, if you've seen the first episode of Firefly where we see the extended Battle of Serenity Valley and then there's a time jump, a lot of sci-fi shows do this. I would not be shocked if we get some this you know like when solo is like i'm gonna be in the imperial academy but best pilot ever next scene he's in a ditch getting shot at from all sides mm-hmm. <laughs> one of many underrated parts about that movie but i wouldn't be surprised if we get some sort of impressionistic dark fighting of Jakku just to sort of set the stakes and give a little history but i also wouldn't be surprised if they explained it away hopefully a thousand times better than force awakens explained its politics
1: Yeah, because that's what it's interesting when those rumors were first coming out about it being on Mandalore and dealing with Mandalorians and like kind of what happens to them after the Empire. I thought we would be getting into more of a power struggle for Mm -hmm. the planet, where like these different clans and families of Mandalore—it's going to happen. It's happening see now i'm not too sure about that because like i said at the beginning how it's focusing on one specific mandalorian no they're
0: telling us it's about one guy but with that budget and all the amazing mandalorian characters the politics and the history i am telling you by episode four or five just like in game of thrones with the starks you know going to king's landing and so forth i am telling you it is going to be all out the mandalorian like the Last Jedi is named after a specific character, but I'm I, we'll get more of this later. But I'm telling you, we're going to end up on Mandalore pretty quickly, and this is the guy whose eyes we're going to be seeing it out of. Is is my feeling?
1: Yeah, because it's, I think we could eventually get that, maybe not right away, because. From the description it had where it says, you know, follows the travels of a, of a lone gunfighter in the outer reaches of the galaxy. That's from how the it starts. Republic, That's how it starts. So. If,
0: if you read the description of Firefly, it's the exact description. And by the way, this is going to feel of all the new sci-fi properties this is going to feel the most like firefly of any of the shows we've seen gunslinger humor john favreau s because favreau whedon jj abrams they all have a very similar cheeky but smart sense of humor and so i think in the best way possible this is going to feel a little ba- a little Battlestar, a little firefly it's going to feel a little um uh uh you know I, I, we're guardians of the galaxy you know like the the less goofy parts of guardians of the galaxy i think so this announcement came out was it less than a week ago
1: yeah uh, tomorrow will be a week yeah okay because i remember i was i went to see venom and i think cause i went oh. to an early show with the oh. opening night of that and it probably happened right when the movie started because i after I grabbed my phone when the movie's over, I saw a bunch of texts <laughs> like Kyle and Paul, and I see mm-hmm. the Twitter notification like, "Man, what the heck just happened?" <laughs> well, I missed out on the initial reaction to it, but man, it was such cool news to get when I saw that image. I was like, "Whoa, mm-hmm. mouth drop!" <laughs> okay. it was just amazing. So, before
0: I get to my crazy predictions and we rate them and talk about them in the last week or whenever to process it, what news and/or rumors have you heard? that is compelling or just general stuff that's coming out of the camp about it or are you still in the state of shock and just kind of letting it wash over you at this point which is sort of where i am mm-hmm.
1: yeah to be honest i haven't heard too much or kept up with any rumors after the announcement okay. like i said just the stuff before so you've even been man. bludgeoned
0: by anything to change
1: your expectations whatsoever oh no I mean, they it look yeah. super excited no, i mean it, i buried the, the lead the,
0: the, i buried the lead this takes place after return of the jedi tim we've been waiting literally our entire life since the thron, original thron trilogy to get stuff that, this was what i was trying to get to and i got sidetracked i don't care if this is about the mandalorians i want after return of the jedi even if it's not luke Hanna, and leia right
1: Mm -hmm. And so close after it, too. I mean, that's what's Mm -hmm. another thing that's really exciting about it. It's not like 10 years after 20 years after it's
0: still in the picture somewhere. Wedge is in the picture somewhere. Hera and
1: Ahsoka are there somewhere. Heck, Han and Luke and Leia, too. I mean, I'm not expecting them to be in it, of course, but I'm expecting some name drops
0: they will well here's, if, here's where the if predictions anything come. mark campbell okay. over harrison right. ford i don't
1: think harrison ford is coming to okay. a tv show
0: all right so tim here's where my predictions come um if it's a totally ridic- a ridiculous prediction i'll let you know that i'm aware that it's totally ridiculous most of these i'm pretty serious about as possibilities but to different levels I think this is the best way to jump in because I've got a bunch that immediately came to mind, and most of these have nothing to do with the rumors or supposed rumors, like the guy from Game of Thrones who might be playing him, and blah 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 blah. What, you know, Taika Waititi's directing, Bryce Dallas Howard's directing, Dave Filoni's directing. Supposedly, these are all great, great, great news. Oh, comment on, on Filoni directing what I would consider probably more than one episode, especially if it goes more than a season. But if he's on the main story group, Filoni is definitely on the mandalorian story group in my opinion so any
1: comments on that oh just it's awesome that was probably the most exciting part (laughs) of the announcement of syria that dave filoni is indeed in fact directing the first episode i agree he'll probably do more than one it just makes total sense Mm -hmm. i mean because like i said before he's engulfed in this mandalorian history he knows how it all begins and plays out all the way back from the clone wars and working with John Favreau and all it just makes total sense and yeah. I'm just excited to finally see him do a live action or directing a live well, action dude
0: just look at those three directors so Filoni's gonna bring Clone Wars Rebels vibe Bryce Dallas Howard I'm sure is going to bring solo a Star Wars story vibe via the transitive property of her father and them being close and I'm sure he'll advise her she's so smart you know she's mm-hmm. like Gwyneth Paltrow like you should think they would get more roles but they're so fucking smart they're doing a million other things And we get Taika Waititi, who I didn't love Thor Ragnarok. I understand what he was doing, and and I love Hunt for the Wilder people. But the fact that they have people like Taika makes let me put it this way the fact that they have a howard a bryce dallas howard daughter of ron howard makes me think they're going to work in some of the cooler aesthetics and parts of solo and the fact that they have a taika waititi tells me that there's going to be a firefly thor ragnarok you know funny vibe as well uh, and there's a jessica jones season one director who's amazing um mm. uh, this is lining up to be spectacular
1: yeah i mean that- when I first saw the announcement, I, I was mm. more impressed by the cool Mandalorian image or this director's list. <laughs> yeah. These names on here were just so impressive.
0: Can I run? A, can I run a um, uh, a solo Star Wars story theory by you? Which, by the way, the Blu-ray sales have broken the internet. I've never. I've never ordered something from Target as a pre-order and then been told it's been back-ordered
1: indefinitely. Like that's never happened. That's why sucks for you, but nice that it's selling so well. (laughs) Sucks for Target. I
0: canceled it immediately and bought it on digital, which I should have done in the first place. But I was thrilled. Are you kidding me? I was. Yeah, man. I was thrilled. So people are into salt out. We knew this. This was this was a pat on the back for both me and you. I think we we felt like people gave this a chance. And you know, as people start cuddling up in the cold, I know not you, but the rest of us in the winter and thanksgiving and w- w- and christmas can't you see solo just being run constantly on people's TVs i could totally see that it would be nice yeah Yeah. but you mentioned here's the final question that we're gonna get into my mandalorian theories which is you mentioned the directors and how much people like us love and appreciate the directors and look to them first almost in a lot of these cases you know we had um gilroy uh simon kimberg some great drew goddard great directors work on rebels obviously clone wars as well flonies all over it but tim i have a theory that While in 99% of the cases, you would never want to sell a movie on a writer. In fact, you never want to even talk about the writer to the mainstream public. But the fact that Solo was written by Lawrence Kasdan who wrote Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. And let's be honest, Han and New Hope, great, doesn't become fully lovable and three-dimensional until Empire and Return of the Jedi. That's all Lawrence K- Kasdan. He talks about channeling Solo. It's his favorite character. He loves writing for Solo. For him and his son to write the origin story, was there any way to promote to the average person that like, hey, you remember that movie, Empire Strikes Back, you like so much? Yeah, this is the guy who wrote that and basically formed the... Uh, Han Solo that we know or, or was it, there, there was no way they'd be able to do that
1: yeah because that's never really been part of the marketing for Star Wars so far anyway in this new era it's of different directors but it's coming in he's a god yeah it was, I was I just couldn't see Lucasfilm okay. doing it where it goes written okay. by like in the promotion a new okay. Star Wars story film written mm-hmm. by the writer from Return of the Jedi, The Empire Strikes Back. Maybe they wish they did that in hindsight now, considering how it didn't do well at the box office. But mm-hmm. uh, this never was part of Star Wars' mo as far as advertising new movies. Okay, but it could change. I mean, like yeah. I said, with the new yeah, all these new projects in development and all these different creative forces involved, maybe they will start doing that.
0: Okay, all right, here we go, Tim. Twenty minutes in. I told you we were moving fast tonight because we're celebrating good times. Come on, so here's what's going to happen i'm going to give you a series of questions here some of them are multiple choice or like can be split up i'm going to ask you from a one would you rather do one to five or one to ten which is easier Uh, let's do one to five okay so one being not likely five being extremely likely in some of these cases, I'd also like you, I did on my podcast, I'd like you to rank one to five on whether you want it. So maybe you think something's a mm. two of likelihood, but four or five of wanting it,
1: okay? Gotcha. I'll, okay.
0: And I'll give you mine, which I did on my solo podcast the other night, but pe- way more people are going to listen to this, and this will be way better. So I'll give it again. Some of these are casting. Some of these are character. Some of these are narrative. Some of these are philosophical. The vets are it, are in here. Ahsoka's in here. The dark saber. Luke Lehan, All that is in here. So, do you have any questions before we get started? You're normally good at rolling with the punches. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm just anxious to hear them. <laughs> okay. all right. I'm going to start with casting because Simi. It, you, you, Simi, oh my god, god, I'm doing so many <laughs> podcasts with that motherfucker. He just got married. Um, Tim, so uh, call me old fashioned. But you have good actors, good writing, and good direction. It's usually a good movie. (laughs) You really? (laughs) Yeah, I know. What a concept. I know. know. You put Ron Howard with that cast in the Star Wars crew, and somehow Solo turned out to be a a movie. Who knew? Who knew?
1: The secret has been unlocked.
0: (laughs) Has it crawled up your list at all?
1: Oh, yeah. It's been pretty high on my list. Oh, no, no, no. no, Because you had Force
0: Awakens, then that, then Rogue One, then Last Jedi. So it's probably Uh, still in that place. Okay
1: yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: don't you think it's been a great healthy discussion though to not talk about the saga movies and have people discuss whether they like rogue one or han solo better and like i've heard a lot of discussions from smart people both official people and unofficial people being like i like both movies and that just makes me so happy like if you really like one or the other that's great but don't you it, it's kind of nice to be talking about the anthology movies for once mm-hmm.
1: oh yeah totally yeah, that's what i love about getting all these different movies oh yeah <laughs> more stuff to talk about And yeah. when they're
0: but but you know what i mean everything's been overshadowed by the two and a, three and a half billion dollars of episode seven and episode eight sure yeah but let's and be that's honest to be him, expected too. Yeah. you have force awakens at the top do you tell mm-hmm. me if i'm crazy i think 60 to 70 percent of hardcore star wars fans right now it's either last jedi is their favorite movie of the new ones by far or some combination, or or one or the other of Rogue One or Solo. Like me and Paul are clearly on one side. We know all the Last Jedi. Say me is on our side. Uh, and by side, I'm not. I'm not starting beef here, people. I'm just talking about opinions. But do you agree that, and by the way, I have Force Awakens just below Rogue One at my top. I love Force Awakens. But putting Force Awakens aside because there's so many factors around it, do you see something similar where some people are gravitating towards the anthology movies and some people embracing the radical vision of Last Jedi?
1: No, I totally agree. And I see that myself too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, you see as divisive as it is, I still see plenty of love and people saying Last Jedi is their favorite. and. I'd say that for Rogue One. I think Rogue One more than Solo for what I've seen is being out of the Star Wars stories films to the ones that people really are really, really appreciating
0: like. it more. And mm-hmm. it, for me, it's not a back pat with Rogue One, giving it a plus out of the theater, because as I've talked about, I just connected with the writing, but especially the political and social message. I saw what Donald Trump was going to do, even though he was only president for two months at that point. I could see it. I could see the themes of fascism. I and uh, this is one of those weird things because on the one hand, I'm glad people appreciate the political and social themes more, but I'm sad we got to a place whatever party you support. I'm sad we got to a place where we have to appreciate the Rogue One themes more if that makes sense.
1: Mm. Yeah. No, I follow. Yeah. It was kind of one of those yeah. movies at the right time type of thing. <laughs> yeah, or but they didn't need to. I the... mean, they they exactly, wrapped on that yeah. a year
0: and a half before it came out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Also, if if you so you know how Marvel has waited way too long to do the like hundred million dollar Scarlett Johansson Black Widow movie that would have been really easy and they would have made a lot of money on a long time ago. Uh huh. Is there any other similar character and actress that you could throw a hundred million dollars on a low level kind of character action uh, prequel than Felicity Jones as Jen so like three years before? rogue one i feel like that would easily make its money back and people love her and that's why it made so much money and she's you know, already getting claim for the ruth Bader ginsburg movie we'll see if it's good i i feel like that's a no-brainer for them to try and keep some of this talent um this is not really a question but it's something that sami and i've been throwing around of like you know if you see if you see Now, this might be partially because they only had to do one and they knew it was over, unlike Daisy Ridley, who has to deal with this for seven years. But there was a joy and a celebration and a letting loose of Diego Luna and the whole crew during that press tour of just celebrating it. I I feel like Felicity, after doing a very, very, very taxing and serious role like Ruth Bader Ginsburg, you pay her $10 million and do a $100 million Deadpool budget and do a Jen Erso movie. I feel like that would... You know, something like that would be cool. Thoughts.
1: No, I'd be totally down for that. I mean they don't have to do an exact no. adaptation of it, but I loved a lot of her backstory that was in the Rebel Rising yeah. book. You could bump so. up some of
0: that timetable. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Totally. Yeah, I think it'd be something really cool. Huh? Yeah. But it's like Something I probably don't see happening in the near future. Where it's all like other projects they probably have they want to get down the pipeline. Is but is never Jin Urso?
0: Final question before Mandalorian. Is Jin Urso sort of quietly the most liked or respected or um, yeah liked or respected character that just doesn't get talked about much? Or, or can you think of another one mm. among the good guys?
1: I think that might be pretty fair to say, especially Orcast. being talked about, Yeah. because, you know, everyone has their different opinions on the main characters, the new main characters for mm-hmm. episode for the new trilogy. So that's where usually all the discussion. No is.
0: one hates Jin. Some people don't connect to her, but there's no one that's mm. like, uh, she just rubs me the wrong way. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. No. Yeah. I think that's totally fair. Yeah yeah and i also think uh diego luna doesn't get enough credit for being a classic rebel spy that we've never seen before and seen again i hope we see more of that oh yeah which leads us into the events of the mandalorian where inevitably the new republic is going to try and put laws in place that people aren't going to be happy about let's be honest tim let's be honest (laughs) and we see this in bloodline and this is why leia gets kicked out and everything goes to shit because
1: they become as corrupt as the empire almost right yeah well i don't know about the empire but it seems like they're following in the same failings that the old republic i and mean why what's his fail? name yeah. who
0: worshipped leia also collected like em- imperial gear and like respected mm-hmm. the empire um oh, yep. what's his name you know what i mean and yeah. was, like there's great things about the empire and it wasn't until leia told him the full story about being tortured by her dad or he was like oh shit i fucked up mm. <laughs> <laughs> so okay yeah, buddy Costerfo or something like that yeah yeah Kostorfo? um costarfo yeah. oh god yeah. that's such a good book claudia yeah, is brilliant uh you saw the cover for the obi-wan book Woo oh
1: man oh, oh no, i can't baby. wait for that <laughs>
0: would you be down with all this new literature to come out i thought it would be cool we could even do a three-way me you and kyle me you and paul you guys might do this on your own but like to do a book club uh of some of these books would be super fun <laughs>
1: well i don't know about kyle since he hardly reads any of the books (laughs) right away so (laughs) those
0: millennials they don't read shit yeah okay all right buddy here comes here comes you ready let's do it okay so uh, we can we can save the discussion about whether boba fett stole the armor didn't steal the armor jango fett's of mandalorian that let's save that for later okay? okay there is it there is inarguably three extremely well-established actresses. Uh, are they all actresses? Um, actors or actresses, at least. They're established to different levels who have voiced characters that have either been Mandalorian in the Clone Wars and or rebels or are very close friends of said characters. Now, I'm going to name the character and then the actor who plays them. I'm going to talk about a few things they've done. And I want you to rank the chance that they appear in as themselves with the voice because they're all gorgeous. The people I'm about to name uh, in The Mandalorian. Are you ready? All right, let's do it. Okay. <clears throat> Why don't we go um, uh, counter um, historical? Because the most important one and the one I think is the shoein is Bo-Katan, but she's the earliest. So I want to I want to end with her. So okay, Tia Sarkar. An absolutely adorable Indian American woman who is so talented, who's hilarious, who's done movies, who's done TV shows. She's on The Good Place, which is like maybe the best to come on television right now by far. It's super funny, super philosophical. She's great. She's done movies as a lead. She's done TV shows as a lead. She's done bad TV shows, and the reviews are like, Tia Sarkar amazing. The rest of this is trash. <laughs> and like people <laughs> know her talent. She sounds... I don't know anyone who else could do Sabine. The Mandalorians are all already kind of ethnic. I, I, uh, I'm not sure where to go with this. I'll give you my writing. And there are reasons why Sabine would not appear in this show. So the first question is, what are the chances Sabine appears, like actually appears, even if by voice? And if so, what are the chances that that person is Tia Sirkar Tim Jirassi?
1: I'm going to go chances three but if she is in it i mean it's got to be a five that's exactly what i I give it a three and a five that's exactly <laughs> what i give it <laughs> because i mean the reason why i don't think she'll probably be in it at least for this first season is that mm-hmm. i mean we saw where rebels left off she's off mm-hmm. with ahsoka looking for ezra and i don't think that's a story they're going to tell in this series mm-hmm. at least not right away and maybe once i don't know see how long that journey takes with her to soka we don't know so it's kind of up in the air but the reason why i'm not ruling it out is because dave feloni is involved with it and you know he's she's a mandalorian character that you have to yeah, create Filoni had a little so, to do with harris sabine and ahsoka i would say <laughs> <laughs> so yeah might be something maybe down the road but i'm not that's why I gave it a three. I'm kind of split where I could I, I'm see right with it you. really not happening and I could see it too. I'm right with you.
0: And I want to save Ahsoka, Hair and Sabine for the end because of Ahsoka stuff and because what happens with Ahsoka, Hera, and Sabine, I think the three of them are tied together. I think we're going to see all three of them mm-hmm. or none of them is, is a potential possibility Interesting. depending on how they go. So, okay. Here comes number two. You ready?
1: Let's do it. Or let's hear it, I should say.
0: <laughs> Ketsu. Gina Torres Mm. is a bad fucking ass who is stunning. She's amazing in Firefly. She could fight like a motherfucker. You can easily like she's like a good Sana uh staros or dr afra character to come in i mean you could immediately put gina torres she's done firefly she's done a bazillion guest roles on network television and cable television of all of these characters even as a single episode just like come to save the day for a few minutes i think gina torres is kitsu as uh pretty i would say a three to four out of five that, that 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 would happen your thoughts
1: that's interesting because at first I wouldn't have thought of Ketsu as being one. Because if they were going to bring in some Rebels characters, I think it would be some of the bigger ones like Sabine or Hera. But now that I think about it, maybe they do want to go a little low key at first with some Mandalorians that we're familiar with that had shown up in other series. So hmm, I'll probably give it a little higher than Sabine. Okay, three and a half. With a three and a half. Yeah. Because I think it'd be cool if the, both of them were. Showed up together <laughs> in, yep. in the series. It's to kind of, since you know, they were close friends and to see if they were going to bring her Sabine story back and would have Ketsu there too. So, yeah, I would probably give it a three and a half for right now.
0: Okay. I want to say Boba Fett and Django a little bit because it's low hanging fruit for you and you have a ton to say about <laughs> it and I don't. So, I'm just going to let you oh, talk. Boy. So, I'm going to save that. Um, no, I just don't have any idea. So, I'm curious what you're going to say. Mm. The Darksaber might come up. We got to talk Luke, Leia, Han, Jedi stuff, you know, like it might come up. But Tim, of all the characters, and I might mention some more, that is lock of the century to appear in this show based on history, ability, profile, ability to fight, embodying the character, actual relationship with John Favreau over time, the main star of Battlestar Galactica, and a number of other of amazing shows... Katie Sackhoff, where they age her a little bit as Bo-Katan. I don't know if they live longer in Mandalore. They've de-aged Michael Douglas and fucking everybody else in Marvel. They can age (laughs) Katie Sackhoff. Katie Sackhoff is Bo-Katan, I'm telling you, the Mandalorian character by episode 4 or 5 is going to be back in Mandalore, whether he stays there or not, there is no way we do not see Bo-Katan with the Darksaber on the throne, played by Katie Sackhoff, it is impossible, she wants to do it, she loves Star Wars, she comes to any, she did not need to accept that role at the beginning of season 4 of Rebels, and arguably made what was like an uneven number of episodes, but she was great in it. I think this is a five out of five lock to happen, and a five out of five lock that it's Katie Sackoff as Bocatan or in Mandalorian. Tim,
1: thoughts? Yeah, this has got to be the highest for me too, and I'm—I really don't want to say five because we just do not five. know anything can happen. Six. So I'm going to say four and, and a half. four and a half for me. It's—I think it's definitely. More likely to happen than not I mean, to happen. If you guys haven't seen Battlestar
0: Galactica and see Katie Sackall fly planes and fight people hand to hand and shoot guns, you ain't seen nothing. But the <laughs> thing about her is she's so intense. One of the best episodes of Battlestar is episode six or seven, where she's injured and she can't go on this, like the mission to get all the fuel, where if they don't do it, they're all going to die. And so she's stuck in the command room and she's so. She's so uh, angry and upset and stressed because she's not out there, and uh, Leah is the one who has to. Leah is the one who has to do it, and she doesn't trust him. And she's stuck doing the strategy behind the scenes, and she fucking hates it. So I would not be surprised if we see Bo-Katan try and sit on the throne, and then episode nine we get a reverse red wedding esque thing where she just darksabers the <laughs> shit out of all sorts of bad guys. You heard it here first, wow.
1: people. You heard it. Here wow, first. no, there's a prediction. Yeah. <laughs> But I just think from a narrative, it just makes total sense for her character to be involved somehow She's in doing her series. second
0: sci-fi property on Netflix. She did a Vin Diesel, you know, uh, whatever the Pitch Black movies is. Battlestar Galactica. She did a Western, by the way, Longmire, a modern Western, which she was acclaimed for. And we're getting a Western-style thing with Mandalore, which is going to have solo vibes to it. This seems like a no-brainer, right? Have you talked to yeah. Paul or Kyle or anyone else about this?
1: No, yeah, we're Paul... We're saving it for our next episode, mm-hmm. which we'll be recording tomorrow. So, <laughs> we we'll get into all this good hey, speculation stuff. You got anything for me? Well, I know you said you were going to talk about the Boba and Django stuff later, so I'll stay away from no, that. No, no, no,
0: no, no. This is the time to bring it up. I, oh, okay. Yeah, I, I. This is not me. I'm not. There's no insulting going on here. I just have no ideas. So, give me some good ideas about how Boba and Django fit in, and well, I'll, I'll let you know what I think. Okay because there's no way they're not in it i mean boba fett and or Django fett even well, in like a flashback or something is going mm-hmm. to be in this there's no question
1: well here's the interesting thing that's been brought up to me and i've seen a little bit do you think there's any possibility that yes. the title mandalorian the titular character no. of the show is boba fett
0: nope. no way because he's not a mandalorian
1: See they, I, the wait. Right Sabine now, said runs that.
0: away to become an outlaw. This is going to be like the male, older male mm-hmm. Sabine. I almost wish it was Sabine. I get they're doing a new character. The guy from Game of Thrones is perfect. This is going to be a Han Solo, but more hardened and even older character. There's no way it's Boba Fett. And why? Be- because the thing people like about Boba Fett his most is the armor and the mythology. Why not get a new character with more personality?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, I'm more on that mindset, too, where it's probably not going to be him, but... because no, we, I'm still hoping that Boba Fett movie is <laughs> still in the works with James Mangold. Well, but this you know helps. How,
0: this helps. Yeah. And this I, makes th- me more excited because if they de-stress Boba Fett in order to give him a movie
1: later, I would be thrilled about that scenario. And, see, I don't think they put Django and Boba Fett in the official description for nothing. I mean... It could be something where, yeah, they're the iconic Mandalorian faces of Star Wars right now. And they just want to pave the way for the next one. But mm-hmm. I still think there's a narrative reason there. And it could be somewhere, like, let's say the Boba Fett oh, film God. is taking place, you know, within the time frame of the original <laughs> trilogy before he falls into the Sarlacc pit. Mm-hmm. But this and could be the av- And
0: he's dead. Sorry, guys. But
1: no, this could be, I was going to say, this could be the avenue where they finally, oh. in canon, say that he survived the Sarlacc pit gets out of there he's a whiny maybe, little
0: kid he's worse than baby anakin he's so whiny
1: <laughs> <laughs> well that's a different discussion i disagree on that one <laughs> but yeah, I know. he I'm could sorry. be someone to maybe mentor this new Mandalorian. like they come in contact okay. somehow and i just think this character okay is gonna be okay. you know he's gonna know about the the history of boba fett i'm pulling
0: i'm pulling a bizzle here i knew this would happen with boba fett i'm pulling a bizzle i'm assuming it's not the main character i think it's going to be a cameo at best i would be Mm -hmm. fine with a small smaller by the way by the way 100 million dollars guess what buys you 100 million dollars one and a half deadpool ones So (laughs) you can do a Boba Fett movie with change to spare on a hundred million dollars on the Disney streaming network. So let's stop being like $300 million Boba Fett movie on the big screen and get a $70 million rated R Deadpool. They can even put it under Fox to hide it from the Disney kids. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) I don't think they're going to
1: do that. (laughs) You know know what I mean though? You know (laughs) what
0: I mean though? You know what I mean though? So uh, let's, let's put the Fets aside for now because I just don't care. And I, I've your brain is, is so full of smart information and the fets is like the thing i care about the least so Let's jump to. Can we just assume that Bocatan or some form of politics post Return of the Jedi is discussed having to do with Mandalore, at least in passing? Right. I hope so. Right. Okay. I, I, let's take that for a given. I, I'm saying we're taking that for a given. Katie Sackoff's Bocatan. They're rebuilding the Empire, or, or I'm so yeah, well, the Empire, whatever you want to call it. My question to you is a. Do you think they uh, end up being friend, foe, or otherwise of the budding New Republic? And B, what would you like to see from those two superpowers?
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be more budding heads <laughs> with the New Republic. And that's what I want to see. because I think that could make for some interesting uh, drama and dynamics between those factions. If Even if it's, like you said, just in passing where maybe that's the reason why this Mandalorian character Is away from Mandalore and All that stuff Because of what's mm. going on Go and on And so he's just Go on Kind of doing his own thing <laughs> Like I said He's being compared To a gunslinger And like We don't know What his main goal and purpose is going to be maybe he's just out wandering waiting to see what's next but he gets thrust into something yeah. that's maybe going to put him on a collision course back to mandalore maybe so like all that uncertainty uncertainty right now about the state of mandalore the politics of it all how this character ties into that is kind of what makes me excited about and pretty mm-hmm. fascinated about what they're going to do here so it's going to be interesting to say play out or to see play out but man i just can't wait to see it play out because there's so much potential with that type of narrative they have going on
0: we're getting close to Ahsoka here, but I don't want to jump the gun. Um, <clears throat> let's see what else I got here. Oh, oh, the obvious: Luke, Leia, Han, Chewie, R two, C three PO, etc. I want to hear all of your theories, all of your thoughts. Let's be honest. Luke trying to play younger Luke in Forces of Destiny, he got it like 80%. Like, I was pretty convinced and (laughs) I would be fine with him doing transmissions with CGI Luke. I'm one of the people who thinks that Tarkin was flawed, but CGI Princess Leia looks amazing. I know it's only for two seconds, but if you compare how perfect Carrie Fisher looked in 1977 as a 19-year-old and the CGI Leia that we get briefly in Rogue One, they look exactly the same, other than maybe the eyes. And so they could easily do a transmission i think you and i are of the same page that the way they're going to bring in leia footage to episode nine is through holograms and stuff like that and so i think this would be a smart move for luke i normally would think there was no way harrison ford Ford would do anything more star wars however with the death of carrie fisher which really affected him And the fact that he loved the solo movie and he loves uh, Aaron Reich and and he was like surprised by how much he liked it and the direction things are going. I wouldn't be shocked of a few Han solo lines here or there. And let's be honest, no one can talk like Carrie Fisher, but they're getting better and better. So your thoughts about Luke, Leia and Han, let's stick with those three. You can pick in any order. Go down the list. Go.
1: You know what I'm going to say for Han and Leia and Luke they're all going to be ones for me. <laughs> I'm not expecting them to be in this. One's at all. like
0: the no appearance other than. So, this is the Agents uh, of S.H.I.E.L.D. model where they vaguely reference the Avengers occasionally, and that's it. Mm hmm. I'm expecting just name drops, no way. to be honest
1: with you. Because that's what's mm.
0: made Star Wars great, is the t- connectivity between t- TV and movies. I know that logistically it's hard, but if they go the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. model, where it's like, hey, remember that funny time in New York with the Chitari? Okay, we're moving on to the next thing. That is so not effective, and Star Wars is better than that. But they, I agree with you. They have to do this very tastefully. So let me ask you, what are some scenarios you'd be okay with, or you could see where it would get to a two or three out of five?
1: Yeah, see, in regards to Luke, maybe his might be the more likely because he's off kind of during this time searching the galaxy for Jedi artifacts and stuff that we kind of learned about what he was doing in Battlefront 2 oh, and that campaign. Oh, oh, so oh, the observatories. There's a chance that he could come across this Mandalorian in part of its travels. I mean, that's not the most impossible thing to happen, but see, I'm just kind of thinking also they re- travel via the world
0: between worlds from the future and be older Luke in the past. I'm just, saying. <laughs> yeah, I really don't think they're going to
1: go that route for this type of show. Well, let's be honest.
0: Y'all didn't think
1: they would go the time travel route at all. So come on. Well, so well, there's, as far as we know right now, this series isn't going right, to be dealing with her. the force and no, Jedi characters.
0: Sa- so. No, I, I want to save force and Jedi, Uh, specifically so let's talk about Leia and Han we know people can do Leia's voice they can clearly animate Leia from the time Han is fine there's plenty of people who can imitate Han you can't do a couple vocal transmissions like I thought Battlefront 2 campaign for all the flaws they nailed all the main characters yeah yeah I would agree with that I mean the scene with Luke and and um, what's his name on the on the planet with the observatory is like one of my all-time favorite Star Wars scenes period (laughs) that's great and I agree with you that Luke Luke's going to be doing more of that kind of stuff of just like converting people through his
1: morals and ethics and goodness i hope so mm-hmm. see my thing is too i don't think they want to be not necessarily tied to it but they kind of want to make their own mark without relying on those legacy well, characters you see tim yet, they so. just
0: made a movie called solo a
1: star wars story where they explained every single thing that we had heard exactly. about exactly that was a movie though and with a tv show i think they're going to go about it a different route oh
0: interesting so okay. could you could you elaborate on that why that's an interesting theory so a movie that failed at the box office doing much better now but fans love there was too much fan service even for me solo your last name blah blah blah. who cares but i love the han han Sabak, Sabak, like that stuff i love so it's a fine line so i'd be curious as to why you think they need to be more careful on television when you compare it to say the game of thrones Translation.
1: Well, I think for on TV, you just want to because for movies, I think especially when the Star Wars ones, they're they're, you kind of need that. I wouldn't say need, but they were really going for that recognition and like that nostalgia type effect, especially with the Force Awakens and. And then, Like I said, we got some of those moments and fan service stuff in Solo, which I love for the most part is those fan service moments. But you brought up the one that I wasn't too keen on or how he got his name. I was like the only one I was. I could have done without it. But with the TV show stuff, I think they just have more free reign to really make it their own because Star Wars TV, especially live action, is an explored realm right now. And I mm-hmm. think they want to kind of make their own mark on that with their own unique characters and stories without relying too much on, you know, relying on the backs of familiar characters and have fans only waiting for those appearances and cameos and stuff like that. I think it's fun to get those later on. Once the series establishes itself and establishes these new characters that will hopefully come to know and love. And then once we get those cameos, it makes it all that much more better. And I think rebels is a great example of that. Season one was all focusing on these new characters of the ghost crew. And then at the end of it, that's when we got ahsoka and vader came in and rex came back in season two and it just made that made it so I think much season better that-
0: the best rebel season i just almost finished the commentaries i love season four season three is great episodes but every episode of season two is great just as a character study but it all connects to the future of the series and the and the saga i think two is the best but i i think maybe i'm in the minority on that
1: yeah, I was, two has the best episodes of the series in there, but I think as a se- season as a whole, okay. I think four was the most, you know, complete and mm-hmm. one that was the most consistent telling yeah. one cohesive story that was just great from beginning to end. So I think four has the edge there for me. But you're not going to beat Twilight of the Apprentice mm-hmm. and the Siege of Mandalore, that's for mm-hmm. sure, because those are some of the best. All right. You ready to get in some heavy lore here, buddy? I know you know this stuff. And
0: you can bring in comic books, you can bring in the books, you can bring in old school EU stuff, whatever. So there are what I would say three major giant non-canon legends, uh, pieces of mythology that they have worked in to various degrees and will keep working in. Um, And I want you to respond to these if I'm on point, but – I also think they're working in them at different levels. So the oldest one was that there was a race of ancients hundreds of thousands or millions of years ago that seeded the galaxy, which, by the way, is a trope in every single star, uh, uh, sci-fi um, <laughs> Uh, fantasy scenario, whether it be Dune or anything with Arthur C. Clarke or really any science fiction written today, there's some notion of ancient seating, stargates and wormholes and so forth. It's really the only thing that could explain how we could travel to the other side of the galaxy anytime soon um or, or like that there's hyper lanes like people don't understand that you can't just hit the hyperspace button like there's actual yeah. <laughs> lanes you need to get into um and, and and that's the only reason they can do it that's not that important to anybody but us nerds because that's sort of a given right in in, in all sci-fi the second is the old republic stuff right and the, but I want to work in the third directly so I can just get your talking on this, which is the Mandalorians versus the Jedi. But the Jedi also had a split, right, with, with, Fuck, what's his name? I, oh, Revan and, I mean, there, there. Malak, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Malak. There, 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 was an early split between, that led to the Sith and the Jedi, and the Jedi thought the Sith were dormant for 3,000 years. It's not exactly what happened, but we've gotten Malakor. I mean, I think Faloni's mentioned Revan before. Like, we're, we're getting some of this stuff in canon, either officially or unofficially, and now we've got the Mandalorian stuff. So my question to you, Tim, is, Is it important at all that we start working these larger mythological themes that clearly fit with where they're going in the series? Or is there too much ground to cover? As you pointed out with sort of the average watcher, is there too much character and narrative and action ground to cover to really talk about these ancient ideas that nevertheless really inform the Jedi and the Sith and the Mandalorians and so forth? Go ahead.
1: You see, I think this is the perfect avenue to explore that history that we know is there, (laughs) and we just got to get more into it. I mean, a TV show—you don't have to say it all right away. You can slowly build up that history. But who knows? Maybe it's something where this Mandalorian character is like a descendant of those, of like a a warrior from that Mandalorian Jedi. I think the Mandalorians
0: are descendants of the ancients. I can't believe you said that. I've thought that inside all the time. That's awesome. (laughs)
1: <laughs> so it's like there's so much stuff they could do in bringing in that history and lore that I think would be great because the Jedi and Mandalorian war is something like you said we know it's in canon now. Kanan said it yes. when he was training Ezra or Sabine with the Dark Savers, yes. reminding her that the Jedi won that war. So that,
0: that episode, I think my favorite character episodes are Zeb and Callus stuck on the planet, the honorable ones. I I could watch mm, that forever. One. And the dark, the first Darksaber episode where Sabine just loses it on Kanan is just... I mean, Tia Sirkar can even act way better than that in real life. And that's a voice performance, another reason I think we might see her. She's so stunning. She's so charismatic. She loves Star Wars. She goes to all the panels. She loves all the fans. This is a Felicity Jones thing. It's like you have the talent. And here you have the voice, right? So we said it's a three out of five for Tia Serkar, but you and I agree it's a five out of five that they should be considering it. And, oh, definitely. <laughs> and, and by the way, man, we should mention before we go into more metaphysics and cosmology that it also builds an immediate link between us hardcore nerds who know their voices from all the animated series and... The average TV watcher who's like, "Oh, that's Tia Sirkar from network television. Oh, that's Katie Sacchar from Netflix and Battlestar Galactica." Right? I mean, mm-hmm. it, it really benefits everybody here. Um, and so, sorry, I'm getting I'm getting sidetracked by a beautiful Star Wars female badasses as, as <laughs> usual. So I'm, I'm gonna scale back here. I agree with you. This is a perfect place to do the cosmology. So this leads to the next question, which is of the new cosmology. Operation Cinder and Emperor Palpatine's ultimately fail. Experiment uh, that's led to the First Order, which is not what he wanted at all, but that's just what happened. But the observatories still have a lot of Sith artifacts. Oh, and this is where the ancients come in, man, is that some people postulate the ancients were the ones who seeded, that the ancients were the ones who seeded. The dark side virgences, the light side virgences, and the Bendu middle of the road gray vergences, right? And so that's even more mythology right there.
1: Yeah, see, I I want that stuff explored so bad. The origins—it's going to be books and comic books. The Force and the First Jedi and all that stuff. Okay,
0: so let's move. Let's move because that's going to be book and comic book. Will there be major Force stuff? Or will it be like, you know, where Sabine briefly tries to use her Mandalorian tricks on Kanan and Kanan just cuts her down? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, are we going to see any more Force stuff in that in the Mandalorian? uh, Again, rate out of five, you think, and rate out of five, I know what you want. But what do you think?
1: I'm going to rate it a two that I think, Mm -hmm. and I'll probably give it a three that I want because with a series focusing on the Mandalorian and, you know, as, as far as having to build it up as like a lone gunfighter gunslinger and all that, that Western feel to it. Um, I don't think they're going to explore it too much, but at the same time too, this is that era after Jedi where those who are force sensitive, you know, Luke is going to be eventually looking for new students to take in. So maybe some we'll see, not necessarily the Mandalorian face off against one of Luke's students, but just someone who's force sensitive and maybe doesn't know how to control it or is kind of, treating himself type of thing i think we still the mandalorian go up against someone with force powers i think that's going to happen but that's going to be kind of it for the force we're not going to get into force mythology and learn new things i don't think in this series i have i have seven
0: notes for you (laughs) and those are (laughs) we are getting jedi action do not you worry with a hundred million dollars john favreau budget doing the avengers and the iron man movie there's no fucking way and if I i'd see, be even down for if like i see a riot baton stop a lightsaber again i'm going to throw my television across the room that is the most <laughs> egregious thing in the force awakens when finn hits down with that lightsaber he should slice f199 directly in half and i think favreau gets the logistics the way Whedon gets the logistics of the avengers and abrams mostly gets the logistics but abrams goes fast and loose i actually think this series will appeal to a mass audience. But I also think Favreau is going to throw in a lot of stuff for us nerds, which I'm excited about.
1: Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I think it'd be even cool if we get Jedi Mandalorian action and like a flashback. If they get, they want to tell the Mandalorian and Jedi War, maybe we get episodes that have flashbacks Mm -hmm. to that, where maybe it's not the whole episode, but we'll get a little glimpse at skirmishes between Jedi and Mandalorian that could be really cool. So I'm, I wouldn't rule that out as a possibility as well. Well, I, I think
0: you and I should table the original cast for a little bit, get some more information, because we love speculating, but this isn't even speculation based on speculation, based on rumors, based on, you know, I mean, this is like, we're, we're, we're breathing hot air here, right? I mean, we mm. literally, the Tia Surkar and Katie Sackhoff thing are totally in play, whether it happens or not, but Luke Leigh and Han, it's It's too early. It's too early
1: yeah it definitely is like i said i'm not counting on being on the series at all but Mm -hmm. if they were to bring him in i don't think it'll be like the first season it'll be like (laughs) in the middle like three or four or something like that
0: okay so last year in addition to postulating the siege of mandalore numerous times across all my podcasts with the last jedi and before then i did i will say tim I, d- I thought it would be live-action or a different format. I didn't specifically predict the Clone Wars, so I'm going to own up to, you know, not nailing it 100%, but I knew it was going to happen, and Ahsoka was a giant part of the Star Wars future. And I mentioned earlier that if Sabine is in Mandalorian, Hera and Ahsoka will be, or if any three of them are, or Tetsu. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, there's a package deal of them appearing. They could easily easily do Hera's makeup they could easily do sabine they could easily in my opinion do ahsoka right Mm. but tim i'm here to tell you the reason i don't think ahsoka is going to be in the mandalorian has nothing to do with the mandalorian and i'm ready for you to shoot this down and people think i'm crazy but i've been making this prediction for a couple months already and i looking at the calendar i've got about 14 more months till episode 9 Tim, Ray went to Luke for training in their last and What happened? Mostly
1: for for Luke or for Ray? Right. <laughs> oh, obviously she did. It wasn't what she expected. Total failure. She had, Total yeah, failure. She had to leave.
0: And even when she explored things like the tree or under the ground, Luke thought she was tapping the dark side. Luke had no idea what was going on. Ray trained herself. Let's be honest, right? ray trained mm-hmm. herself and the only reason ray comes back to herself after the kylo fight when she's like don't do this please kylo don't do this which is i know you're mine among our top what three to five scenes
1: of the new movies mm-hmm. it was number two on my, our recent episode <laughs> we had our favorite moments yeah. of these new movies so <laughs> but
0: why does why does ray come back to herself in that moment it's not because of master luke why do you think there's this open-ended question why do you think ray immediately comes back to herself in that moment
1: well, I'm trying to think what you mean, come back to herself, because she's she never, never really... tempted
0: by running an empire with Kylo Ren and continuing to kill people. It was like a necessity yeah, to I was... kill the guards, and then I'm back exactly. to being Ray.
1: Yeah, to honest, that's just who she is. She always showed that she fought when she needed she to, even on Jakku. She is
0: good. She is pure in a way that no Skywalker mm-hmm. ever has, ever was, or ever will be, right? Mm. She is even pure than Ahsoka, because Ahsoka is kind of a troublemaker, but they're very close. Simmy, I'm telling you, Ray needs training. She needs formal training. She needs to be trained by a woman because she's a woman, but she grew up not being a woman because of her survival. So he needs to be trained by a woman. She needs to have a wise, older mentor to help her out because Luke failed her so badly. I know Luke was the hero at the end of Last Jedi, and that's great. And by the way, I think part of the reason they're going to have Jedi stuff in Mandalorian is to make up for people's dissatisfaction with the lack of that. in Last Jedi, I don't really care. Nevertheless ray needs a mentor even for 10 or 15 minutes like yoda and ben kenobi and empire strikes back and return of the jedi and tim i'm here to tell you the reason that ahsoka tano is not going to be in the mandalorian is that she is going to be in episode nine i am 100 percent convinced mm. of this wow. it might be for five <laughs> minutes it might be for 15 minutes but it is going to be not. It's going to be either um, Rosario Dawson doing an amazing Ashley Eckstein impression or they're going to do guess what What we just saw Ray Park with Sam Witwer's voice so Rosario Dawson acting with Ashley Eckstein's voice totally believable I don't think they'll do that because Rosario Dawson does great voices and even though their register is very different she could totally nail it plus she's much older we know that Togruto lived 30, 40, 50 years longer she's immortal she came back from the dead from the the daughter she came back from the dead from Vader she can travel through time and space she can literally save Ezra and immediately jump into the world between worlds into the future with the virgin's strongest and so while I would love sorry I talked so long but I can't wait for your response so (laughs) while I would love Ahsoka Hera and Sabine in the Mandalorian you know me I'm a movie guy and I would prefer Ahsoka to 15 minutes even with no fighting in episode 9 and this is my main reason i'm gonna throw it to you okay all right ahsoka is too loved and too powerful and too unique of a way for the mainstream audience to not experience her ever so maybe it's not episode nine, but if we don't get Ahsoka in the mainline movies that make a billion and a half to $2 billion, I think it will be a disservice to the character, to the lore of Star Wars, to the fans of Star Wars, but most of all, to the casual fans of Star Wars, who if they see Ahsoka Tano with her white lightsabers for three seconds in the trailer, not knowing who she is, would go fucking apeshit. I think 100% Ahsoka Tano, if they're doing the Clone Wars animated, which was a good idea, and I admit I should have seen that coming, more specifically, I think Ahsoka is in episode nine as a, if nothing else, a friend, and older female companion to Ray.
1: Man, I love what you said there. I would love to see it, but I just don't see it happening. Why? <laughs> what? I, I just don't think, uh, that's part of jj abram's vision for telling this story i mean he's learned he's learned they're I they're
0: think, stressing the prequels and the clone wars man yeah he's learned. well
1: i think his focus is well i don't, I don't know about focus but the stuff we've hearing about episode nine wrapping up the skywalker saga episodes one through nine and i think that's what he's gonna focus on mainly and not necessarily clone wars and rebels but as me as the diehard hard hard car fan i would love for it to encompass all that stuff i know you would love it i know you're
0: skeptical (laughs) let me throw you some specific questions okay okay Uh, anakin and ahsoka during the clone wars what made them so compelling a they cared about the clones when no one cared about the clones right They always Mm -hmm. were the first one into battle. Literally every episode is them charging over the trench and the clones behind them, and they will follow everything that Ahsoka and Anakin say. No one else treats them with respect. Two, she's totally loyal to her master, but when she has to go her own way, she does... Three, Ahsoka can flirt with the gray, or what I call the silver, by the way, which I think, I think the Bendu is gray, but I think what Rey has been touching and what Ahsoka touches is more silver, where it's more towards the white with a touch of gray, if that makes sense. Ahsoka can do that, but who are the two pure... If you combine mad Jedi skills with pure hearts, I can't think of anyone more than Ahsoka and Rey. And so if the Skywalkers need to die, and I agree with Luke that the Jedi, in terms of the Skywalkers, need to die. Kylo Ren needs to die. They all need to die. And I think Rey, with the guidance of Ahsoka, will be the beginning of that New Order. And inevitably, as the cycle of life, as the Hindus talk about, it will happen again and again. But I think there will be a period of peace and wisdom following the end of the Skywalkers and the beginning of Rey being like essentially Plato in the Republic, teaching people how to be like human beings with the guidance of Ahsoka, and I know it seems like I'm being really selfish here, and really biased, and that's definitely going on, but I've really thought about this rationally, and I think this makes sense rationally, because you can do it practically, because it's a character everybody loves, you have probably fill 100 million more seats because of it, I mean, there's, uh, let me put it this way, what are, the, what are the very strong logical reasons not to consider putting Ahsoka in episode 9?
1: I just think I don't know if she's JJ realized like how important she is to the whole (laughs) Star Wars mythos. Guess what? Guess who just won an
0: honorary Oscar?
1: Kathleen Kennedy,
0: our girl baby, just won an honorary Oscar guess what she has been in support of bringing the clone wars back rogue one rebels she fucking loves ahsoka tano i'm telling you man i'm telling you jj is more willing to listen to orders this time because he was hurt by some of the criticism of episode seven i truly believe that now whether he does the ron howard treatment with kira and maul i don't know but the gauntlet has been thrown down my friend
1: yeah i don't know i mean I'm just, I would love it, but I'm just not feeling it as something he's going to do with this story. I mean, it would. It, everything you're saying Rey? sounds great. Who is going to train Ray? She has not been trained. She has I not know, been trained well, pop- pr- properly. I think they kind of set it up too, where she's going to be doing it herself. I mean, she's done everything herself so far. She can't, has the books now. Can't.
0: Which, you can't name any Star Wars property. I know Luke kind of trains himself before, you know, after Empire and then a little bit between Empire and Jedi, but he still has teachers. they no one ever trains themselves even kanan with the inquisitor reborn in the temple of lothal in season two of rebels someone is always training you
1: and it could be something too where it's like the the spirit the force ghost of luke anakin obi-wan Yoda, being there for ray as well and to be honest with you i just don't think that's a story we're gonna get in episode nine depending how long it it takes place in the timeline yeah, after the last as a story. Jedi.
0: I'm seeing it as a very I, supplementary figure, not a story.
1: Yeah, because I think Ray's gonna. It's, I think it's gonna be a few okay. years after the last Jedi. And I don't. I think she's gonna be where she needs to be mm-hmm. in her training. We're just not gonna see it. Maybe <laughs> we'll get some hints as mm-hmm. to what's been going on since the last Jedi in Episode Nine. But I just think it's gonna be something where she's already good to go with what she needs for the story in this movie and facing down Kylo Ren again. So it's gonna be interesting, but. Wait a minute, I, I,
0: you think Kylo and Ray are going to fight in the final movie? No way! <laughs>
1: <laughs> Spoiler alert, I'm Spoiler sorry, more. I should have said that, yeah. <laughs> uh, but man, I will give you major, yeah, you major go. props if Ahsoka is in this movie. <laughs> that's why I'm saying it,
0: that's why I'm saying that because... I, I would almost prefer her to be in the Mandalorian in multiple episodes as a live action character. So that's why I think I have some objectivity here. So that's why I'm laying it down. I laid down time travel. I laid down Siege of Mandalore. We're going to talk about Siege of Mandalore, ma'am. So I have one more question about the Mandalorian having to do with how you think it'll be received. And then we're going to talk about Siege of Mandalore and Clone Wars. And then we'll wrap up to final section. That's not okay? All right. Sounds good all right Betty. so one final question about the mandalorian having to do with perception of the average watcher and then we're going to jump into siege of mandalore and then we'll see where it goes for final sections Sound okay sounds good so i had an idea why i was peeing during our break which was what if the very first scene or two of the mandalorian is a flashback or whatever of jango and or boba fett's connection because to us, Mandalorian stirs up so many feelings and so so many pieces of lore, but to the average person, if you don't make the direct connection to Boba and or Jango, they would never even think Mandalorian was a thing. So I'm not asking you to predict this particular thing. Like they start with Jango Fett, but like, how do you think the name, the Mandalorian and the idea behind it, other than John Favreau knows how to do jetpacks really well, um, will will resonate with the audience? I happen to think between Kathleen Kennedy, Dave Filoni, John Favreau and the brain trust at Lucasfilm, this will be a, a zero problem, but I'm curious to know what you think about how this will translate.
1: Yeah. I think it's going to translate great. I mean, just the image of the Mandalorian helmet, regardless if it's Boba Fett or Django, Just Seeing that image of that new Mandalorian in the show, it just looks so cool. I mean, just, it's an iconic image in that helmet. It's great for marketing to get people excited for it, even from a casual standpoint from it. because it's one of those images like Darth Vader's helmet and the Stormtrooper helmet. When you see it, you just automatically think Star Wars. And I think it's just the perfect avenue to have your first TV show be about, really, when it's focused on such an iconi- iconic imagery and I do like that idea <laughs> about what you're saying. Maybe if the legacy of Jango and Boba Fett's going to be what's
0: my practical
1: part thing? Of, what's of, of my practical thing? Part of the, thing? the narrative. People
0: don't know what Mandalorian is, but they're excited for Star Wars live action for adults. That's Game of Thrones money. First five minutes: Boba Fett, Jango Fett, Mandalorian armor. That's what Mandalorian is. Boom! People make the connection. Right from a purely exactly. practical standpoint, this makes total sense.
1: And I'm sure people are going to be thinking – like very casual audiences are going to be thinking, oh, this is a Boba Fett TV show or something like that because that helmet is going to be so recognizable. And by the way,
0: we should embrace that they stole the armor. It, maybe it's not for horrible reasons. Like this is interesting storytelling. You know, I just want interesting mm. storytelling.
1: Oh, totally, yeah. Uh, hopefully we get that story in the show. I think that would be cool because I'm still I waiting so. for kind of the new c- canon origin of Jango Fett because I love the comic book – uh, story of Django Fed open seasons, which kind of tell how he got involved with the Mandalorians and Jasta Muriel as his mentor it's mm-hmm. so good and I would love it even if they just made that canon <laughs> it's so mm-hmm. good but if they are going to deviate from that I, hopefully it's something similar but I just want a story told that gives us the history of Django Fett because it's i'm just waiting for it because i love that story so much and if it's not going to be part of the main canon i want to know what is okay. so we'll see if this show dives into it
0: all right before we get into so contege mandler which is our last section let's talk episode nine any comments about casting photos rumors i will say it would be cool if they brought phasma back as a darth vader s character who's like half human half machine um and they send her after rey as an assassin and then that's when ahsoka comes in and just like slices off her head with the two lightsabers that's that (laughs) that would be amazing for everybody involved i think
1: (laughs) well not for the phasma fans but but
0: what a way to die ahsoka who everyone thinks is dead you know i mean come on
1: yeah, I'm still not ruling out that she's dead, so you never know. I wouldn't mind seeing that at all.
0: <laughs> you gotta think for Gwendolyn Christie, man. Hey, I gotta think for Amelia Clark. Oh, can we talk solo for a couple minutes and then we'll end on Siege of Mandalore if we have time because Yeah, what do you got? I really like this movie. I don't love it to the same extent as a lot of you guys. I really, really like it. To me, the card game is when it picks up, and everything after the first card game is spectacular. Before the card game, it's a little choppy, and I'm not sure what to make of it. But once he starts goofing and pretending like he has no way like i, I, I said as, as, as the writing goes on they write him more and more like traditional han solo and actually the more like traditional han solo the writing gets the better alden Ehrenreich gets and i can't think of higher praise for him go ahead
1: no yeah i, I agree with you about the further it goes on the more we see of the han solo we know and love in his performance i agree with that totally but you, you know how much i love solo and that includes the beginning too i can kind of see what you mean about me love the corellia stuff i'm not but saying man. i don't love it
0: i'm not saying i don't love it sure i'm saying from the card game on is parfait it's it's see i it's think like it, from Jeddah on in rogue one it, from Jeddah on in card game on perfect
1: See, I get that a little bit because I totally agree about the car game. I love it. But I think it, like the perfecto stuff happens a little before for me. Once they get that train heist, I love that sequence. I think it's kind of an underrated action sequence. It's different. It's just like an old Western-style train heist. You got Blaster Fire going against the Han, Beckett, Chewie, and the Stormtroopers. And you got Enfys Ness and the Cloud Riders. Just oh, good old just nice. action, old school action that I really ginger like. Ginger power,
0: baby. Give me the ginger yeah. power. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that whole sequence of this one, that starts, I think that's where it really kicks into can, high can gear. It doesn't really get okay. let go of it. All right,
0: here we go. We're getting real. We're getting real right here. <sighs> this is going to hurt. I, I don't want to say this because this is going to hurt you. Um, how do I frame this in a diplomatic way? Because I know I don't want this to hurt you. The way Padme Amidala is put in refrigerator for parts of Episode 2 and Episode 3... There's parts of me that think that the Kira character played by the brilliant Amelia Clark is more compelling than what we get from Padme in some of the prequels. Agree, disagree otherwise.
1: No, I'd agree. I think she definitely has a more compelling story than Padme does just with, you know, her, how she was brought up amongst that that kid street gang and then how she got involved with the, uh, Oh my goodness, why am I blocking on the name right now? Crimson Dawn. <laughs> Shame of myself right there. But <laughs> she got that. And then just getting to be involved with Maul. So there's a lot of compelling stuff in there. And just what her motivations are. Because I still think she was someone who was, at, at the end, protecting Han. But someone who still wanted... You know, to gain a little bit of power to work up the ranks being second in command now of Crimson Dawn now that Dryden was killed. Everything was so, so subtle. Her not telling mm-hmm. Han
0: the secrets was subtle. Her reaction to Darth Maul, part scared, part scheme. I mean, Amelia Clark is a brilliant actress. I'm so excited we got her in this role.
1: Yeah, she was great. So um, no, yeah, I'd agree with that.
0: Can I can I can I ask you kind of a personal question, which is sure. it's not that person well. Um Kathleen Kennedy is getting an Oscar now and she got rehired for three more years, which probably means six more years if she wants it. And it's not a coincidence that solo is doing better post release. It's not a coincidence that Darth Maul was specifically seated for the clone wars and for what's coming with Favreau and so forth. But Tim, why do you feel liberated? And you don't have to get political, you know, uh, attacking anybody or anything here. But why is it so easy for me to talk about Kathleen Kennedy with you on the podcast? This is an impossible question, but like (laughs) I feel like it's easy for me to talk to you about Kathleen Kennedy without us having to say much, where it's kind of a battle with other people where they say, Yeah, she's great, but this, this, and this and this and this is a problem. What do you see in her where you're you're willing to overlook the problems, but 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 okay, okay, here's where it is, Tim. I don't see the problems. I see four really good movies. The fact that The Last Jedi is my least favorite by far is still a really good Star Wars movie with great stuff. The cartoons are good. The toys are mostly good. The games are mostly good. The video games are the shittiest part, but that's because they're stuck with EA. (laughs) But even the production values are great. So for me, I just see success after success after success. I'm having trouble sympathizing and empathizing with the anti-Kathleen people. Now, I will say, Tim, I was very happy to see people praise her and thank her and congratulate her on both the extension and the Academy Award. You don't say anything too controversial here, but what do you see in Kathleen Kennedy where when we talk about it, we don't have to talk about it that much because you and I just kind of see eye to eye that she knows what's up.
1: Yeah. I mean the proof is in the work she's done, obviously. And here's my big thing, and I've said this before too. Everyone likes to have a knock on her about uh oh she has to fire directors, it's becoming uh, a problem where she like yeah the Fire lord and miller colin trevorrow and all that stuff where's the problem she she looked at the rogue one
0: original cut and said guys this is not up to snuff we're gonna keep gareth edwards as the director but bring in two new writers and the new cut is gonna be a thousand times better we're gonna get ron howard in here and make one of the best star wars movies of all time like where is the mistakes when they asked her to make a star wars movie every year to six months right from the beginning?
1: Exactly. I mean, she fixes the problem. I I said this before, on, I think on your show, my podcast, Mm -hmm. is that what I love so much is that she's not afraid to make those tough choices when it needs to be done. I mean, how easy could it have been to let Lord and Miller finish solo and work with what they got and try to salvage it in editing or whatever, but no, she fired them when they were almost done filming it had to reshoot almost 60 percent of bitter the movie at all, by the
0: way they were very complimentary about the movie never talk shit or anything it mm-hmm. was actually an amicable split which never happens
1: yeah <laughs> see what i see from her term as lucasfilm president <sighs> is that you. she cares about making these movies as good as they need to be She's a star Spielberg Wars film. And lucas
0: it's literally the three of them doing this since the early 80s
1: mm. Yeah, so so she's proven to me easily what she's got, what it takes to make sure we get the Star Wars movies as best as they can be, and she's willing to make the hard choices when it needs to. So, what has she done that's truly
0: bad? I I guess some people would say the Last Jedi, but what can you think of anything? That's the only. Yeah,
1: no, that's the only thing people could kind of say. Well, she did. Uh, That's just an opinion thing on the story that you like or don't like. I mean, I hear people get on her. Oh, she approved Ryan Johnson's terrible Story and uh, that's not true. contribution of Luke. I mean, that's all opinions. Even if she wasn't in charge of Lucasfilm, someone else could have gave the okay to Ryan Johnson to really like. If that you want to blame so. her
0: for something, you blame her for giving Ryan Johnson full creative freedom, not for directing mm-hmm. it. In and that I think way. that's fair. yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Totally, totally fair. Totally fair. Mm-hmm. Okay, we love Kathleen Kennedy. God bless her. God bless her. And by the way. I was talking with Simi about this. Part of the reason Simi is an amazing Star Wars contributor is he loves the movies and knows them by heart, including the prequels as much as you and I. But he follows literally none of the noise. He's not on Twitter. He's on <laughs> Facebook with our personal friends, but not Star. Like he doesn't follow the noise. I and, wonder what that's like. <laughs> well, he makes comments like, "Well, I'm glad with the Siege of Mandalore that Ahsoka's finally getting her due." I'm like, "Her due." Dude, Ahsoka's been getting her due for 10 years. He's like, well, I don't follow this shit. I was like, yeah, that's a good point. You don't follow this shit. You don't understand how much people fucking are obsessed with Ahsoka. Which, by the way, can I give you a a slightly more conservative estimate? The chance that Ahsoka appears in either The Mandalorian or Episode Nine is a 5 out of 5. I, I think it's it's a four out of five in episode nine. It's a two out of five or three out of five in Mandalorian. But I think the chance that we get live action Ahsoka by the end of twenty nineteen or twenty twenty is a five out of five. For the record,
1: mm. <laughs> you got it marked out. Mark <laughs> so Welcome Mark back to twenty twenty.
0: <laughs> Mark <a> zero, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Over the line. Sorry. <laughs> you know what I'm referring to. Okay, um, tip Well, my voice just cracked there totally. (laughs) Okay. Tim, here you go. Final section of the podcast. Siege of Mandalore, I called it, but if you're paying attention to Star Wars, you could have easily called it. We got it in the Ahsoka book a little bit. We got an unbelievable guy's I, if you watch anything on YouTube and you love Star Wars, search Dave Filoni Ashley X Nine Celebration 2016, where Filoni shares his entire vision of what Season Seven and/or Eight would look like of Clone Wars, which was mostly having to do with Ahsoka Wolves and the Siege of Mandalore, and we got some of that in Rebels Tim, but we're getting the most of it now. So my question to you is: Is there any way this can live up to what we hope? but but the positive question is is there any way we're not so geeked by what's going on that we have zero objective opinion about it and just love it to death because it's ahsoka fighting maul in the siege of mandalore
1: (laughs) (laughs) wow yeah
0: (laughs) do you know know what i mean though like Mm -hmm. part of me is like oh it'll never live up And part of me is like i'm gonna be so geeked i I won't even be able to uh, form an objective opinion
1: you see, I'm going to quote Commander Cody from Revenge is a Sith. Okay. And this, this is like Dave Filoni talking to me. Judas, Come on. When, can, when have I ever let you down? Judas. <laughs> That's really, you could apply that to Dave Filoni in animation. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. The fact that so, Dave Filoni admits that in his free time, he draws Ahsoka riding wolves just tells you everything you need to know.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would be more shocked than anything if i am disappointed with the siege of mandalore i don't <laughs> think that is gonna happen if anything maybe if it ends up being too short which i doubt i think it's gonna be a four-part arc like most of the last clone wars episodes were so mm-hmm. there's not too much that i'm skeptical on or just worrying about with these it's episodes felonny, I just the think clone wars looks exactly yeah every time a clone wars arc was hyped up I've never been let down. I think mm-hmm. the one that might've gotten most hyped up because it was built up as the last one was the Yoda arc and that surpassed expectations for me. And They were high already. So I think CJ Mandalore is going to be no different. It's, because we got to taste, like you said, what's it going to be about, and what we mm-hmm. can expect to see in it, and that just man got me bursting with anticipation. And like I said before, talking about it is how it was such a bummer that we were so excited about the potential of the story, and it's never going to be told. But now it is, and it's like I wow! Called it a year ago, <laughs> it's going to be insane, and I just can't wait. So
0: we're- let me ask you a question. So the castle run in Solo is spectacular. Mm-hmm. But I think it would have been more appreciated by the regular audience if there had been less fan service up to that point. If they had saved the majority of the fan service for an adventure that we knew happened, but we had no idea was space whales and time war- or or space warps. You know what I mean? How absolutely great it was! And let me show you Exhibit A: Rogue One. Okay. If you can cast your mind to pre-Rogue One, what did we know for sure was going to happen in Rogue One? For sure. Vader. <laughs> we knew Vader was going to do something. Plot-wise, what do we know?
1: Um, are you talking about the characters all dying?
0: no 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 like literally the plot of, of rogue One. Oh, oh, that they're gonna get the death star right. so Rebellion. Okay, we knew okay, that okay. vader was gonna do I thought something you meant from like
1: rumor speculation no, 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 no. stuff no no okay. i didn't
0: frame it right no you nailed it we knew that vader was gonna do something but more importantly we knew they were gonna death star plans. what else do we know literally nothing about any of the six characters so i think mm. the challenge that filoni is totally up for with the clone wars is to say episodes 10 11 and 12 are going to be the fight against star them all in the big battle on mandalore but what i really want to make interesting is a bunch of smaller and mid-level stuff that happens episode one to nine before that more in the rogue one level where we're learning about these characters before the big plot point thoughts
1: mm, see i don't know i as the months went by as we got the first announcement and what those episodes could be i'm starting to be convinced that those ones are just going to be the finished animated versions of uh, the Bad Batch and also the Utapal arc. I think that's what those other uh, episodes are going to consist of. You think they're going to reuse
0: of. old assets? No way. The money? Oh, not, no sh- way. No
1: way. No, because, well, first of all, we got that shot already in the trailer of the Bad Batch. Well, that's so why I they put it in the trailer because
0: they have the assets already. They're just starting to animate everything else.
1: Yeah, so that's, I think that's why those early episodes are just going to be those that are the easiest ones to finish, and maybe they focus kind of all the assets for the new... Yeah, that's not really episodes, going with this question. Yeah,
0: yeah, that was... I didn't really phrase it. Let me... Well, can, I, can I give this another try? I didn't really phrase <laughs> go, it right. Go ahead. Okay, so... I, one of my favorite recurring things, because I'm an AI guy in the Clone Nars, is the glitching of certain clones, I think is so interesting. And by the way... <laughs> Since 2008, it's the Clone Wars and Orphan Black, in terms of, and Blade Runner. Like, literally, those three franchises are the only ones dealing with, I guess, Battlestar, but that was before, dealing seriously with clones. And Star Wars deals very seriously with clones, and I love the glitching. What I'm saying is they can reuse those assets, they can reuse those story points, and for all the fanboys, give it to you. But what I'm saying is they can build in personal narratives and little character twists like the Chiru's Bay's relationship, like the K2, you know, uh, Cassian relationship. Does that make sense? Like, you can still tell that amazing story that we know is there, but give us character stuff and little twists that we didn't know. Because if it's just what's written on the page and we know exactly what we're watching and it's just a visual translation, I won't really care that much much to be honest with you
1: no i think we're gonna get those things i mean like i said there's a lot of gaps to fill from what the little teases we've got of the Siege of But what I made
0: <laughs> rogue one great was not the death star plans and as great as no. vader was what really made rogue one great was 95 percent of other stuff other than vader is what i'm saying for the clone Wars, Siege of mandalore to be great we need to get stuff that we don't know about but i have no question about filoni doing this because he loves to fuck with the fans in productive ways
1: Oh, totally. I think we're easily going to get that. Heck, we, we're going to see Ahsoka and Bo-Katan. Ooh! interact which we never really got Uh, before as allies so that's in itself going to be something cool to see so dude
0: how cool is the ahsoka book she spends the entire time not doing any force power she buries her lightsabers she tries Mm -hmm. to run away and then she fucking murders an inquisitor takes his double red lightsaber turns it to the good side and gets two white lightsabers oh
1: my god so amazing (laughs) so cool
0: (laughs) what do you think is the role of ray park and sam whitmore in the future i really appreciate the the love for Ray Park and the nostalgia, but Sam Witwer has been jacked like a quarterback since 2000 with Battlestar Galactica. Two today is fucking jacked, and he's doing the voice. I'm not really, and he's done Star Killer by the way in the Force Unleashed games, which was one of the first full motion capture games ever that Lucas Arts pioneered um, before they fell apart. I don't know why you don't have Sam Witwer just straight up play maul i love ray park and he can do sort of the sitting you know scenes with the facial stuff but in terms of the physicality i mean sam Whitware is a fucking b to the a where do you see Darth Maul going forward in any of this
1: i think if anything if they're going to continue on what they laid out in solo if the mandalorian is a success like i think it's going to be i think the tv or maybe not just tv but could be a movie it's going to be the streaming service where we're going to see them again following up Mm -hmm. that story whether it's Mm -hmm. kind of a semi-sequel to solo as a movie or appearances on a tv show or something that deals more with that so i think the future of Maul is going to be on that streaming service for live action if anything which (laughs) i really hope because that is a tease i want to see more be more fulfilled than future story with him and kira because man it's going to be us uh, to see more mall live action on dathomir oh boy was such a tease out once i left the theater I'm like oh, i can't wait for more what
0: did you make of kira's reaction to Maul? because by the way we know for certain they refilmed that scene to give her mm-hmm. a different reaction and him a different reaction what did you make because i made she's already plotting her next move but i i don't know what people took from that
1: no i think she's like i said i think I mean, she's, she's of- mother
0: of dragons for god's sakes motherfucker yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah sorry sorry go ahead
1: yeah, see, I think she's kind of, like, she wants this, but doesn't know if she's, like, this is, like, in the end going to be a good idea, knowing how Maul is, so, I don't know, I see a little hesitation in there as well, like, going to Dathomir, but at the same time, it's like, it's like she's doing it because it's something that she wants to gain power of. like is she gonna be able to, like she wants it but she doesn't know if she's gonna be able to succeed against maybe if she wants to overthrow Mall or something so it's gonna that's why i'm so anxious to get that story told again to see what happens with those two characters after solo so hopefully it's somewhere down the line not too far off
0: so i'm sure you've seen the whole tryst
1: uh conspiracy theory
0: with solo and kira can I give you my only zero five of all my predictions? I have one zero five. Are you ready for this? <laughs> what is it? There is no way Han Solo has a bastard child separate from Princess Leia. It's never going to happen with Kathleen Kennedy, no. the family of Carrie Fisher, the love of all of us even though cheating on your wife is something that happens normally or cheating on your husband is something that unfortunately happens normally, there is no way Ray is the bastard daughter of Han Solo or anyone is the bastard da- daughter of Han Solo. I'm not saying I wouldn't be interested in it, Tim, but I give it a zero out
1: of five of that ever being a possibility. Thoughts. Uh, totally agree. Yeah, there's no way they're doing it. I remember Thank when you. everyone... F- remember when everyone freaked out of the early issues of star Wars comics <laughs> when, everyone thought, when Han Solo's wife came you out just
0: answered your own question about freaking out about early issue of star Wars comics all right yeah so it's like
1: <laughs> no no way they're gonna do that in a movie or anything yet
0: I mean Han I would I would totally think Han would like make out with like a chick drunk or something you know but like to sleep with a chick and produce a baby outside of Leia The way they interact in episode four, five, six, and seven, I just can't see it. I can't see it. I cannot see it.
1: And I think
0: it. Okay, so one more episode nine question, one more Ahsoka question, then we'll wrap up. Is that okay? Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Why are people so resistant to Ray being a normal person? Doesn't that make her stronger and more interesting and actually more suited to leading the universe? I don't understand this.
1: Mm, I don't, I wouldn't say it makes her more interesting because, I mean, me and Paul have been on the same page since The Force Awakens about running Ray to be have, like, somewhat of significance with like the Skywalker, or the solo. I don't think. Um, he was kind of in that camp too, but I don't think he felt as strongly <laughs> as me and Paul were about it. And I will say, I am kind of warming up to the more Ray Rando aspect of her character because I think there is a narrative that's pretty compelling Wait, when what? you think about it. No, for well, the term "Ray Rando," where she's just a random person, and not oh tied yeah, to the Rando, Skywalker Rando, himself. Rando. Yeah, sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry. Go ahead. But just the whole thing of the Star Wars, the main Skywalker saga, the narrative of being about the Skywalker family. To me, it just still doesn't seem quite right that your main protagonist in the final three movies of the Skywalker saga is not part of that family. And to me, that whole legacy is an important part of it. Which, again, is why I'm not. S- Totally sold on Ray as being her own person, but at the same time too, I do like the idea of the force finding someone who had a terrible upbringing like Ray had what what Kyle was telling her? her uh, I like her for where you're going money. the force finding someone
0: not the mm-hmm. holy birth of Anakin impregnating his mom the force finding someone and embedding themselves this is why by the way Tim I have way less of a problem with midichlorians than most people but I'm way yeah. I have more of a problem with Anakin's holy birth because I actually do think that there would be harmless you know bacteria that would be attracted to the forest and that would be a way to measure the Force. Maybe I'm just a Star Trek nerd, nerd, but I could totally see that, and I could see that happening with Ray. But, but that's the whole point: is the Skywalker line is so flawed. The last thing we need is another line of messiahs to cause more problems.
1: Like. I, See, that's the thing where I'm still not completely oh. sold on the story where this that is the Skywalker legacy of being flawed. Darth okay Vader that.
0: was a genocidal maniac who, if he didn't die, they'd have to lock him up in prison or kill him. Luke, oh, totally, but Luke force chokes the- people at the beginning of Return of the Jedi. He uses the dark side. He's dressed in black. And by the way, <laughs> in the final scene with the Emperor and Vader, if that's not his daddy, he kills that motherfucker.
1: He oh, totally, which is kills why- him which is why i totally that's what helped me get over some of my hiccups with the last jedi and and i'm about to kill kylo that scene in jedi totally fits with the character i'm not saying they can't be without flaws i would have
0: killed kylo the more i think about (laughs) oh he would have (laughs) went i i've come to terms with the last jedi but i really have increasing problems oh okay so here's my last big question and then we'll do final thoughts we'll wrap up okay i'm gonna name a bunch a bunch of actresses slash characters okay 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 i'm gonna start with characters i think people really like uh, on all sides i think people like kira i think people like l3 right
1: for the most part i I see it's mixed on l3 i've been seeing a lot of yeah i agree with you i don't love l3 L3, but but
0: i think it's 70 30 as opposed to 50 /50. i think think it's it's a little more actually
1: (laughs) okay (laughs) me from what i've seen fine fine
0: she's an inferior K2SO. So you know. Yeah. I, I, that's not a hard I think K2SO is the most realized and interesting droid they have so far. Whatever. Okay. Forget L3. Ray, I think it's safe to say people like Ray. Um yeah. uh, Kelly Marie Tran, we will get back to How interesting is it that Paige Tico, with two seconds in The Last Jedi, is a more beloved character than the main sister character, uh, Kelly Marie Tran, as Rose Tico. And who's the other beloved young woman, in my opinion, is Tally. And I think it was a major mistake to kill both Paige Tico and Tally at the beginning of The Last Jedi because they had so much uh heart and they had so much charisma i i understand why you had to kill Paige for that scene but killing tally was excessive and totally unnecessary have her be on poe's side during that Mm. whole thing having laura dern acting like laura dern with purple hair as opposed to carrie fisher i don't know why they thought it was a good idea to give laura dern three times more screen time than carrie fisher with poe dameron i don't understand that whatsoever um People love Jin. There's not a lot of women in Rogue One. I think that's one of the major criticisms. But it's undeniable the lead character who's so incredibly strong and a great leader, Jin Urso. people fucking love Jin Urso, and women in particular, as they should love Jin Erso. And so my question is... Why does everyone dislike Kelly Marie Tran, but for the most part, everyone else, the female characters, strong female characters in Star Wars, seem to be liked by people. I'm not totally clear. Other than Kelly Marie Tran, had the worst writing in The Last Jedi, and so well, what did she do wrong other than act her ass off and try and make it work?
1: I know, that's the big stupid stupidity of this whole situation, <laughs> why she's, this whole thing is an issue. Like, <laughs> it's it was just ridiculous i mean sadly that's just one of those things people i think it's just an easy thing that people are targeting here for the bag on the last jedi when it's so unnecessary in regards to rose and kelly mary Tran. Was like was she like the best character in the movie no was she the worst thing out it in it no i mean to me she's just a character who served the story that ryan johnson wanted to tell with her it wasn't necessarily great it wasn't nece- it wasn't necessarily horrible either she was just, she served her purpose well i think with what ryan johnson wanted to tell with her and that's fine <laughs> And if you don't like it fine but to get into this visceral hate of the character to something that goes beyond me it's almost like it's a character you can take it or leave it really it's not something that should just that came into this whole controversy and got poor kelly mary tran decided to delete her social media account it was just so ridiculous Now oh, everything spun out of control with these See, I, again, I hate using the words fans for these people, but <laughs> these these people, I'll just call them who reacted that way to her character. Well, she wrote it's just,
0: such a beautiful piece in the New York Times. I mean, it's so sad yeah. she had to write it, but
1: know, her so it intelligence level to. is like off the charts
0: when you read it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, I'm, I'm totally with you. So, uh, let's say things are as I presumed earlier on, where you have people who really like the anthology movies, Solo and Rogue One, and you have people who really like Last Jedi. We all like Force Awakens, but you've got sort of Last Jedi versus the anthology. What would you advise people who don't particularly like The Last Jedi, but aren't haters? Like, what's a good approach, practical or otherwise, to take to that movie where, let's be honest, there was a lot of stuff in that movie that we liked even if we didn't love the movie.
1: Yeah, I mean, first, one thing I would recommend is watch Force Awakens The Last Jedi back-to-back because that is such a great narrative experience Of it really shows what I think a great story is being told there from just on so many aspects with Rey as her character growing, the legacy characters, just, I think, an amazing Star Wars experience when you watch both of those back-to-back. And you just gotta... One thing I... Don't think people's getting the Last Jedi for who really hate Luke's portrayal in it. It almost seems like they forget about the last act of the movie where Luke comes back, and he's the person that, at least in my mind, and I think he shows it in his performance and in the writing is the. By the time he gets to the Battle of Crate, he's the Luke Skywalker that we were yeah, hoping to see. But if you have if, to convince people, the last scene you already lost them. But that's I, but yeah. that's the arc of the character, though. It seems like they don't want to give his no, no, arc no, a no, chance. no, no.
0: But what I'm saying is, I think. I don't want to put words in your mouth. The thing I can unconditionally say about Last Jedi is I love everything about Ray, Kylo, and Luke. Everything. Not just the end. And so if you're just like the end or Yoda and then the end, uh, that's great. But I don't really sympathize because what's great, because I say Last Jedi is by far my least favorite. But the Ray, Kylo, Luke stuff, some of that stuff is at the top of all
1: of my Star Wars scenes. Same here, especially when you compare the new movies. Last Jedi, some of the best scenes ever in these new movies. They're just so great. But as a whole, it just falls a little short when you compare it to the other ones.
0: Do you agree that with Ryan Johnson's direction, even when the scenes are distracting because the writing is off, the camera is never distracting? Like, he's always filming the right way. To me, that's how it feels
1: yeah i i have no issues with how it was filmed with the cinematography or anything like that oh by the way
0: you know how people make fun of jg abrams for the lens flares uh there's (laughs) only like two or three in the force awakens the most famous one which we've talked about is kylo watching star killer base uh Mm. in the screen i rewatched some of star trek discovery There are more lens flares, and they're blatantly copying J.J.'s style in Star Trek Discovery. There's more lens (laughs) flares in the first five minutes than like all of J.J.'s movies combined or whatever. So these guys know (laughs) what they're doing, and I'm feeling very good about the future. So, okay, man. So I have a few more questions for you. I'm going to let you go and keep this under two hours, but I want to open the floor to you to literally talk about anything about Star Wars right now. Comics, non-spoiler things about the Resistance, literally anything. Go, Tim
1: wow (laughs) well i guess i'll just start with resistance since that's the most recent thing (laughs) i've experienced you can actually say spoilers i don't give a fuck spoilers guys out there go ahead well there's really not much spoilers to say i would (laughs) with these new episodes first three because the for the hour-long premiere was on sunday then they put the other two episodes on the app um i'll just say it's it's good i enjoyed it But the one thing that surprised me was that we all know it's geared towards a younger audience, which is absolutely fine. And no one should be upset about that. But I was actually surprised how slow paced it was, to be honest with you. I was expecting more of the racing. Parents like that. Parents like slow paced. Yeah. Yeah, but it's not for parents. It's supposed to be for kids. No, no, no. I'm saying
0: parents like slow paced with kids because they don't want too much this, I'm, I'm talking completely from, my, completely from my sister with my nephews who are two and a half and the pixar movies sometimes they get annoyed with the pixar movies for being like bah, 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 <laughs> you know yeah go ahead
1: so yeah but the, the action on it was really light in all the episodes i'll be honest so that took me by surprise but yeah. I, they set up some good stuff there with the the characters and the the <sighs> racing aspect and the, his mission as a resistance there's good stuff set up yet but i hasn't been fully explored upon yet so i again it's the only first three episodes but by the time it gets really going i think they should have something cool here and i just love the animation i said when i saw the trailers but seeing full episodes with that animation style i absolutely love it seeing beautiful the little first order teases we got in there and captain phasma oh man she looks great in animation it's fun
0: talking (laughs) to my buddy Alistair from australia too who's a contributor because he's you know he's openly gay and he loves oscar isaac he's like obsessed he thinks oscar isaac's like the most beautiful man on the planet it's hard to disagree oscar isaac's an extremely good-looking guy but he's like he's even hot in cartoon form i'm like i didn't even (laughs) know there's a cartoon you're not into star wars he's like it's oscar isaac i'm like okay that makes sense
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah probably like the first episode then because he was he went to have a big role throughout it but in the first like half of the first episode Mm -hmm. he was in it a lot
0: okay So here's where I'm going to give one thing I want to see in episode nine, and you're going to give one thing you want to see episode nine, and we'll do final thoughts and sign off. Does that sound okay? All right. I want Black Squadron in episode nine. I finished the comic books, but there is one person that must be in, and her name is Jess Pava, played by Jessica Henlick, who... Stole large portions of Iron Fist Season 1 and the Defenders. And basically, I've been calling Iron Fist Season 2 colleen wing season one because it's way more about colleen than his iron fist and i think finn jones is a great job in iron fist season two just like he does a great job in the defenders i am actually a fan but i crush hard on jessica henwick and i want to see her with the helmet and black squadron being like i'm with you paul let's do this baby in, in episode nine i want to see t- um fat fucking uh sorry I'm chubby, too. Uh, what's his name? Um, not Tevin. Snap. 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 Snap, Wexley, baby, and his girlfriend. Oh, yeah. i want to get Black Squadron. They have to bring it back. They set it up the entire time in the comic books. I want to see Black Squadron come in to save the day with the cavalry. I think it's going to happen. We're going to see a Rogue One jump in situation. It's going to be absolutely glorious. So what would you like to see in Episode 9?
1: And then I have a couple easy softballs, and we'll close out. I've said this before, and I'll continue to say it. Like, Force Ghost Councilman, Anakin, Obi-Wan, oh. Yoda, Mace? Luke. No, not Mace. He, he didn't get that ability <laughs> to become a Force Ghost. Qui-Gon's voice, or maybe, yeah. Can, that's you,
0: a, can you agree with me that there was a more elegant way than giving Qui-Gon the discovery of the Force Ghost? Like, maybe no, Yoda? No, I gotta disagree
1: with you. I like that that was part of Qui-Gon's character. And he was the one. I love that aspect.
0: Okay. Have you seen Kingdom of Heaven? By the way, where he plays like the Crusader of,
1: version of it yeah, is fantastic. When it first came out, like thirteen years ago, I haven't seen it since, so I don't remember too you much about it. The director's
0: it. cut. It's fantastic. Liam Neeson. Oh, God, he's great. He's so fucking. Great. Yeah. <laughs> um, by the way, I don't buy the Obi Wan movies. Never going to happen. Hype whatsoever. No, uh, it's. Ewan McGregor is going to continue to look good like Harrison Ford for 20 more years. Yeah. So <laughs> it really doesn't make a difference. Yeah, that's not an issue. <laughs> that is not yeah, an issue. So, okay. We've got the Mandalorian. we got the Clone Wars. we got the Double Ds from Game of Thrones. I don't know if you have any ideas about that. Any other thoughts about what might be coming down the pipe with Star Wars, or we just focus on this for now?
1: Yeah, I mean, I everything right now I'm excited for, so I'm happy about that, and... I just still think it's going to be interesting to see what exactly is in store for standalone movies and where those are going to come from as far as like the theatrical releases on the streaming service. And that was something we talked about on our last episode where, uh, as Bob Iger said, things about slowing down the release pace of movies and reworking certain things of how they're going to go about. To me, that's the most interesting thing about moving Mm -hmm. forward with future movies specifically the standalone so Mm -hmm. that's what i'm anxious to see play out to see where we're going to get more of those standalone movies because i think they're still coming but i think there's a really good shot that it's going to be on the streaming service for some of them
0: and why announce a trilogy unnecessarily you know Mm -hmm. even if you're giving the double d's a trilogy why not be like yeah we're gonna do a movie and then maybe we'll do another movie and if that one goes well (laughs) we'll do another movie right
1: because I think they're kind of backing away from Ryan Johnson's trilogy. I think it's definitely going to happen where he's going to do another movie, but from like the different trades, it's always being reported about Ryan Johnson's like like film like they're not referring to it as truly like the trilogy anymore. i don't think he
0: cares i I honestly i don't think he cares about the titles i think the idea was they were giving him an extended project and if it manifests in a different way specifically
1: announced it as a trilogy no they didn't actually announce
0: it but what i'm saying is i don't think it's taking a major ego hit to him personally oh yeah no i don't think so yeah
1: this is, to, me, yeah, to me i think that sounds that's like a wait and see approach like we'll see how that movie does first and if it's great and if it's uh, successful then yeah let's get a trilogy going all right
0: man so final question back to the mandalorian 10 episodes at least 100 million dollars 10 million dollars episodes that's crown money that's game of thrones money that's star trek discovery money what are they spending the money on what would you like them to spend the money on
1: Ooh, geez. (laughs) I mean, just take from the Game of Thrones model, man, (laughs) because the sets, the uh, environments, locations as they shoot looks gorgeous. I see that's going to be the case here. They're going to have – even some of the set photos that have been leaking out of that one image, it's going to feel like a Star Wars movie. And the effects, whatever it needs to have for special effects that they need to bring, I think we're going to get it. I think it's going to be something that's going to feel – like a, a movie on TV. That's what I'm hoping that where the budget goes really. And I think they're going to achieve that with that budget they have for that. And like I said, comparing it to game of Thrones, which is the easiest thing. Cause that a lot of those episodes feels like movies. And I think it's going to be the same thing for the Mandalorian. So I just can't wait. I think it's going to be something really special. It's just a great way to kick off star Wars on TV and live action. I think it's going to be awesome. So they just got the right people involved with it. They got the right setting mm. characters, it's just well character i should say because we don't know anyone else besides the mandalorian but it's just a great way to go well it's
0: advice. like the last jedi who's it referring to right i mean i love that they're doing mm. that i mean it's definitely referring to someone specific but it could be more general all i'm gonna say to go back to my point is I don't care if there's no Luke Han and Leia, but I do not want the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. model where it vaguely refers to the MCU but has no connectivity. That would be very disappointing, but with the budget and the consolidation in the streaming service, I don't feel like that's going to happen. So if we don't (laughs) get Luke Han and Leia, we are going to get Ahsoka, Hera, and Sabine or something. We're going to get major connectivity, man. They've done it in the Clone Wars. Everything in the I mean. Look at Rogue One and Solo. Rogue One and Solo tie together everything we've seen before. They tie together the prequels. They tie together the Clone Wars. With Rogue One, it ties together Rebels, right? I mean, the mm-hmm. anthology movies. And I think part of the dissatisfaction by some people with the saga movies is they're ignoring everything that's come before it.
1: Yeah. But I think it's a little extreme when some people say they're ignoring everything. But it's definitely not on the level, like you said, this. Is- Standalone. But films Gareth the Edwards
0: Internet. wanted the ghost in Chopper and Hera. Mm-hmm. Like he specifically requested it. And JJ Abrams specifically dissed the prequels. I don't actually think J.J. Equals
1: I don't think he specifically dissed I, the I, one making know, I don't seven, even believe
0: but. that. I, I don't think he I think he's fine with it. But what I'm saying is Gareth and Ron Howard and their they, brain trust specifically embraced the things we loved about the animated series and the prequels, and we're not seeing mm-hmm. it in the anthology movies. And so I'm sorry, the saga movies. And so Tim, my Final prediction. I'll give you final thought. Is I think we are going to be seeing more anthology movies than saga movies in the future, and I am thrilled about that.
1: Well, especially when they're building this as the last of the Skywalker saga. So <laughs> I think that is. They gotta kill Kylo the Ren.
0: They must kill. Ray has to kill Kylo. Even if she's crying and it's the worst thing ever, she has to kill Kylo Ren. Kylo cannot survive. I'm sorry to you Reylo shippers out there. It's never (laughs) going to happen. He is a horrible mind rapist, genocidal killer. He's got to go. And Tim, you read the comics. If Luke Skywalker has to murder a bad guy, what does he do? He murders the fucking bad guy. Sorry, this is the Italian-Jewish side
1: coming out of me. Go ahead. <laughs> no, you know, to quote Paul Herman, you're not wrong. So <laughs> <But> it's definitely <laughs> yeah. something that is precedent for and. let's end there
0: let's end there on a positive note vader comics been very good poe ended pretty well i'm not thrilled i love Afra personally even though it's completely nonsensical and irrelevant but i actually love the main star wars line because i love leia and she's my favorite star wars character and they make leia so complicated and interesting in the main star wars line so why don't you end with a couple thoughts about the comic books and we'll wrap up
1: yes the star wars title has been great this last arc that's the main title has always been a little hit and miss for me, but I think it's been really good. The whole die story arc was really, really good, mm-hmm. and Vader is amazing. I mean, I was sad to hear the announcement at New York Comic Con that it's ending on issue twenty-five with Charles Soule, but well, hey, they're rather bringing have a new team though. No, it's actually ending. They're having a limited oh, series okay. afterwards, but the that darth vader series is ending with 25 Mm. but as long as it gets to end it the way he wants that's going to be great it's not i'd rather have that than have a new team come over and have it just drag on it doesn't have the same feel as it did with star wars quality
0: of comic books has been so much higher than the other marvel comic books i read x-men i read some of the avengers the quality of art and
1: writing in my opinion
0: of the star wars comics has been higher than average marvel
1: go ahead not surprising i haven't read any other marvel titles i unfortunately had to drop not spider-man
0: <laughs> oh I no i don't marvel want to talk about spider-man
1: because paul will kill me i know nothing about <laughs> spider-man but the x-men and stuff
0: not been that good
1: yeah so yeah then uh the poe dameron i think that was a nice surprise that mm-hmm. series ended now uh, but it, it was a great run i really enjoyed yeah, it. Me and it jessica was- henwick <laughs> better than I thought it was going to be so my favorite issue out of all of them was that one where BB-8 and R2 were having that conversation and BB-8 was kind of telling him what happened in the events of Force Awakens and R2 was kind of calling back to certain events from the original trilogy that was, that was I didn't see the plot amazing. time switch that was brilliant yeah it was fantastic at first I was like why are they recounting stuff we already know about the Force Awakens like what is this serve? And then when I started figuring out like oh I also I love that amazing. Jess
0: Pava is such a reckless fighter she gets her droids killed, and so they yeah. go on a Robot Rebellion, and want, even with BB-8 and R2, they won't fly yeah. with her. It's great.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so this, comics have been really good so far, or stuff I've been reading lately.
0: Okay. Final question, Tim. I will let you go. This was fucking fantastic thank you so much i know you're so busy i'm sorry about the yankees i fucking hate the yankees but i hate the red Sox even more than the yankees by far. that makes me feel a little better yes <laughs> well i have yankees yeah. in my blood from the new york jewish days so you know i i, I can only hate them so much I hated that Jorge Posada walked to the mound every fucking pitch for like 30 (laughs) seconds just to psych out the hitters and it worked and it fucking pissed me (laughs) off. But other than that, I, I really don't care. But I will say if there's one Star Wars property that people are sleeping on, they haven't announced that you've heard a little something about or just something that you want, what would that thing be?
1: That people are sleeping on hmm.
0: no, it, it could be something you've heard about like as a rumor, but it also could just be something you want in cartoon form or live action form with the new series, like what would you like them to cover in any format that they haven't covered yet? you know for me it's more saw it's more gin, it's more the pre pre rebellion stuff. I love that shit, but other people want other stuff. What do you want more of, and we'll leave it there
1: I want the history the origins of the Jedi. That's like my number one on my list that I'm waiting for. I don't care what it is, TV show movies, but I want that story told. Like, I know there's some people who don't like the mystery of it. Don't want the history or like origins of it, but I'm someone who likes more information as possible (laughs) with the stuff. I love and I love the force of the Jedi. So, I'm waiting for that first Jedi story <laughs> to be told somehow, some way. So, if we get that at some point, I will be extremely happy. What did you think about Thrawn Alliances? Oh, I loved it. I thought it was really great. I mean, much better than the. I didn't read did the first read Thrawn it? novel. Yeah, I read it. Good man. I read. Well, the, you're talking about the first Thrawn book or the no Thrawn, Thrawn Alliance? Alliances? I knew, yeah, I, I didn't read the first Thrawn book. I no, read I was the saying comic you didn't, didn't to the
0: audio You actually read it
1: yeah i did read the book good for mm. you
0: yeah
1: yeah i love the time jumps between anakin and thrawn and vader and thrawn i thought it worked really well i, just, I love the dynamic between both of them <laughs> especially vader and thrawn it was some really cool stuff
0: i don't know what it is about vader i'm the guy that hates one-dimensional bad guys but every time vader comes on screen and starts murdering people i love it i can't explain <laughs> it. it's fucking fantastic it's absolutely fantastic so all right man well thank you so much for being on uh drop some websites tell us when the next podcast is coming out this will all be in the copy of course but we'll, let's get out here and then i have one parting thought and i'll let you go so go ahead with with the with the 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 dropping of sites and
1: names <laughs> the plug yeah <laughs> the plug-in. yeah so yeah <laughs> my star wars podcast star wars the saga continues Woo! with me kyle and paul always fun talking with those guys about star wars news and all this stuff again so yes. we're recording a new episode tomorrow so that will probably be out sometime next week i would imagine so look I out won! for that i won
0: <laughs> i was first
1: <laughs> yeah you were you made it by one day yes. <laughs> so you could check out our website at starwarstsc.com and then on twitter where we do most of our interactions mm. uh at starwarstsc
0: So my final thought, Tim, and you can respond to this, is I, you know, the world between worlds, the time travel, all these predictions, I actually don't care about any of those because those are just narrative plot things. My biggest prediction was I thought Star Wars fans would rally around each other and close ranks against the assholes much faster than people thought. And I think that happened And I'm very proud of our community. And I told you on either the last podcast or the podcast before that, when things were very bad, that there are times when I was ashamed to be a Star Wars fan because of the stuff being said about Kelly Marie Tran and so forth. I am happy to say I am very proud to be a Star Wars fan. I'm very proud that we're running these assholes out of town and that there is a closing of ranks and that, you know what, I can love Rogue One and not Last Jedi and vice versa and not only is that okay, but that is a healthy sign for our community, right? I mean, what mm. movies are talked like this? So I went in on a positive note, praising the majority of Star Wars fans out there. I will give you final comment and then we'll close out.
1: No, yeah, I agree. It's great to see and we know that those kind of like toxic fans are always gonna be there, but if we could do our best to make They're them not a silent. They're not fans. Yeah, just toxic people would, I guess If we could silent them and have them be less heard. That's, that's a win. I mean, like I said, they're always going to be there, but if we can make it where they're just screaming at nobody and no one's paying attention to them, then that would be great. Cause I, and I, I think we're, I, I don't want to say we're getting close to that, but I, just, I think I've seen an improvement since then. Like since the, Last Jedi early days and all that stuff, and the solo stuff where they were pounding their chest saying, Hey, we won. Solo was bombed. Like our boycott work, which is not even the reason why it didn't do good at the box office, was because of those people. And then, like I said, the, the Kathleen Kennedy announcement of her being extended three years yes. was such a great slap in their yes. face. <laughs> it was yes. awesome to have it be so wrong and saying, you Oh, know, predicted she'll be gone by the fall and all that. So it was just great. So, beat yeah, it, definitely more it. positivity. No one wants
0: to be community. defeated. That's what I'm saying. Beat yeah. it, you motherfuckers. More MJ. Oh, final question. Personal question. You you can do a hard pass on this. Paul Herman, more of a Marvel fan, more of a Star Wars fan.
1: It's funny. We were talking about that not too long ago. We were playing battle about you know what he likes more. I think he has this phases where like you'd be totally into Marvel at one point more than star Wars takes over. And I totally get that because that happens with me with my different fandoms, but star Wars is always going to be number one. Like nothing will touch my love for that franchise as much as I love Batman, DC comics, Ninja Turtles, Dragon Ball Z and all this stuff. Nothing's going to touch star Wars, but Talking about it for Paul, I think he's like that too, but he's still not quite sure which one is top—Marvel or Star Wars. <laughs> There's points where one is above the other, but I don't know. if We could definitively say or definitively say which one is like the absolute number one.
0: <laughs> I think if Episode Nine is between Empire and Return of the Jedi, he'll be Star Wars number one. Um, but. You know how he's talk- he, he, he wants to get involved in the comics industry, which I think is great because his brain is perfect. But I don't think he should be a comic book writer. I think he should be a story group guy. I think he should be like a Pablo Hidalgo, Matt Martin guy sitting on with, you know, with fucking um, uh, what's his name? um i was gonna say jeff johns but that's dc but you know what i'm saying (laughs) Mm -hmm. sitting on with the story group and coming up with ideas because he identifies these panels beautifully i know he loves spider-man i know you guys have oh i was was gonna ask you was playing spider-man on the ps4
1: Uh, it's been awesome i'm not finished with it yet i think i'm close so mm-hmm. i've been good not getting spoiled on the ending because i've heard the ending is amazing and i can't wait to experience that but man the game's been awesome it's been pretty much everything i've wanted in the spider-man game but it was been worth the hype so <laughs> i've been super mary, a good mary time jane
0: that. is giving kirsten Dunst from 2002 a big run for her money as well which
1: i, uh, I didn't think was I, possible uh, I think she already surpassed the Christian ah, Ben's marriage Jane. Oh, so. uh, man. Uh, I just remember
0: those days, though. I remember those days. So thank you so much, Tim, for your time. Um, this was fucking fantastic. I can't wait for your new podcast tomorrow. I'll try and release this maybe with a short intro saying that your podcast is coming out in the next couple of days. I don't know how long your turnaround time
1: is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it always depends on how quickly kyle has able to get it edited and send it over to me to post so <laughs> it could hopefully not be too long after record tomorrow so that's what i'm saying i cannot wait week. to
0: interview kyle i'm so pumped i'm 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 very very excited to get the trifecta
1: yeah that's awesome <laughs> that you're able know, to get connected with him and like you said you'll complete the trifecta of the saga continues house on the bizzlecast so. absolutely and by the way pretty <laughs> cool
0: paul still owes me a podcast uh, and i only say that because about a month ago i said hey How did you feel about coming on and talking about why Rogue One's the best new Star Wars movie? And he said, I love Solo, but I still agree with that. I'd love to do it. So hopefully we'll get him to come on about why Rogue One's the best new Star Wars movie. We will see. About that... But you know what? We have so much to choose from, and we'll have so much more to choose from. And if it comes on the Disney network, that's great. If we get one every two or three years in the big screen and the rest on the small screen, I think you and I would be thrilled with that scenario, right? Totally.
1: Yes. Without question. (laughs) Yes.
0: So what we need to hope for right now is that Oscar Isaac, John Boyega, and Kelly Marie Tran Get written the shit out of their a- characters in episode 9. Because they are great actors and really appealing personalities. And Poe Dameron in particular, I want to kick fucking ass. Also, I predicted since the very first time I saw Lost Jedi that Poe and Ray are getting together. So you can mark that in your book as well. Poe and Ray are going to be a thing. Um, so there you go, guys. Crazy Bizzle predictions. Tim, anything else to say to the Bizzle cast?
1: I'm just happy to be a Star Wars fan of this time period that we're right now. It's just... Exactly. There's so much to look forward to. How could you not be? I mean, yeah. Amazing.
0: I mean, we were right. We were right. We were right the whole time. We were right. There was going to be a lull, and then it was going to end, and everyone was going to be happy again. And here 's the thing about being right it doesn't matter the, it, the key is being right about happiness and positivity. Do you know that 's the important thing is totally. that people are happy and positive and the siege of Mandalore, motherfucker holy shit
1: 2019 is going to be an amazing year for star wars I mean, it, it, you know might, what? it, it might be so, the best year for star wars
0: oh yeah and it adds so much you know when, when when kanan and ezra get separated in twilight of the apprentice and, and, and ahsoka ends up with them all and kanan's like you going to be okay and ahsoka completely dismissively is just like yeah i can handle myself we're like well yep yeah. We know she can handle herself because yep. <laughs> she handles them all in that. So thank you so much, buddy. I really appreciate you being on. This is really a true um, pleasure for me. And, um, you know, oh, I I, you. I love all three of you guys on The Saga Continues, but I just I love how thoughtful you are with your opinions and how you come to stuff. And one of the things I'm going to bring up with Kyle, by the way, is that I was with Kyle in the initial days of Last Jedi and loving it and your skepticism and I followed Kyle's path Towards yeah. skepticism, away from your more positivism about it. And so that's one thing I'm excited to talk to him about.
1: Yeah, it should be fun. <laughs> I know, he needs to watch it again, too. <laughs>
0: yeah, I think we all do. So thank you so much, buddy. Some I love to the whole crew. Some I love to your family. You're in Southern California. Life cannot be too bad right now other than the Yankees, to which I apologize. So can we get you on? <sighs> You're definitely not going to celebration, huh?
1: No, yeah, unfortunately it's not. Well, I think we're going
0: to get some announcements before celebration. So maybe when we get some announcements early next year, we have you back on? Yeah, hit me up. Awesome awesome well thank you bizzle listeners you guys have been awesome this has been tim and the bizzle we have been happy to be coming at you we'll be coming at you soon thank you guys so much for supporting all my commentaries i can't believe you're so interested in my commentaries on star wars rebels but god bless you all for for it and we'll have more stuff coming at you soon but for now the bizzle cast is out
1: cool yeah <laughs> Up. Oh, hey. It's a lamb nut. Oh, 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 oh,